Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Workday with Nan and Obi. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. How are you? Uh, I mean, the people really want to know where Obi, where in the world is Obed? <laughs> what is some carbon San Diego? <laughs> yes. I mean, no one even knew I was somewhere else until you just introduced that to the That's chat. It's plenty Who, of people. What you mean? You're on your Instagrams trying to figure out that, that didn't look like Brooklyn. You would, you'd left the Listen, I, I have not posted a single image. So again, I don't even know what you're talking about. Sure. That little that little foresty looking thing, I got that off Tumblr. That wasn't even <laughs> I wish that's where I was right now. That looked beautiful. You, you know? That's you know? Fine. Yeah. I'm, I, in a, been... I'm in a panic room in an undisclosed location. So I'm, I'm so freaking I'm sick of you. When I, when I leave to my undisclosed location, I uh-huh. want you to have that same energy. Have that same energy. Shit, exactly. I'm trying to tag along. Like, That's a what's fact. up? We were That's talking a about a little upstate trip. For real, we really need to make that happen, though. Yeah, honestly. I'm, I'm I agree. To up about that. I agree. I, I need yeah. to be in a body of water by the end of the summer. Yes. Yes. It yeah. feels good on the skin. You yeah. need it. And oh, I got a little you, color today. That that's something that you've current you're currently doing. I hit a pool, but a pool can oh. be anywhere, so that don't give away my location. You know, <laughs> it could be a pool in New York City, for all you know, somebody's rooftop. This is you're almost as you know, we're hitting Segway levels. The, the <laughs> dot of the uh, of the question. I appreciate it. I appreciate no, 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 it. but but on on the real though, I'm doing good. What it was. I, I don't know. I mean, I've always had this feeling, you know, being in New York, um, maybe you can relate, but every now and again, I just start feeling cagey. Like, I just feel like I need to, like, just leave New York for a little bit. I love New York. Don't get me wrong. But I think especially, especially like nature shit. Like, yeah. when I went oh, down okay. to Charlotte, I, I went hiking for a little bit, and that was amazing. I was like, yo, I need to do this shit all the time. You can. So, Apparently, there are really nice trails in New York. No, there are. And there actually are even some really good ones within the confines of New York City. Like, I okay. I, I did a Google search. Apparently, is it called Van Cortland Park or something? Yes, it's in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm you know, I'm not doing it. Is it further up? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then it's, I don't know if it's east or west, but it's like I on see. the other side. I see. So, how about when I'm heading up there, we, we do a little hike? Let's do it. Well, you That's know right what? New York? I, you know okay. what I'm saying? That'd be okay. fun. Okay. You don't okay. think? Yeah. I, would, field trip. I, I would not be mad at that. I really okay. miss you. I have not no, seen you. No, I miss you too. Since February. Since February. Or the January even, maybe. No. Well, uh, well we When's the last we time realized, we saw each other? I think, um, well, we talked to Vixen from Sophisticated Ignorance. So yes. we met that weekend. But I think yes, the week before, I feel like I saw you, you came to Industry City and we had Correct. lunch. Correct. Wow, that yeah. was the last time. Yeah, I think that was the very wow. last time. Yeah. So Obi Yo, came to that's crazy. my office and we had lunch together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yeah. that was yeah. you were going away somewhere. I was actually, we, it was the first time I went to Charlotte yeah, and we back in like March. Yeah, before you went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was okay. a lot. Well, I'm happy we did. I know. I'm happy Who we knew? did because I remember being like, like, yo, actually, I want to see you before I go. I'm happy I made that call and it happened because yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. otherwise it really would have been that that podcast meetup that we, yeah, that we met with that Vicks and, been the last and Simone and a bunch of other people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, hey, I know I know what your limits are, so I'll make sure it's an outdoor hang, a well-ventilated yeah. space, you know, can't top the outdoors. Yeah. No, we'll yeah. make it happen. I actually, we'll I had happen. dinner with Antoinette this week, which was okay. Lovely. Okay, uh, where'd y'all go? 
we went to this cute little seafood spot called Lolo's in Harlem. Um, and she wore her bike up. She did. Okay. And, and I wanted to hop on that motherfucker so bad, but I <laughs> you should have asked her let you take it around the block. No, like she asked me whatever, but I my dress was mad long. <laughs> she was like, "You might bust your ass," and I was like, "Yeah, okay, okay." Um, yeah, no. So like, I. I I was even telling her because initially when we were, were I don't know if I shared this, but we were planning on uh, linking, and I was like, "Bitch, you can call me anytime." She was like, "No, no, no I want to see you in person." And I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. it was on the like, you know, Facetime link up." And she was like, "No, nah, trying to see you in person." I want to touch you, and I was like, yeah. "I want to you so much." So um, that was really great. To and we, the of course, seating was outdoors. Okay. Well, how did you feel? I know, I know, you've been a little, you know, I was nervous. How, did you feel comfortable? Did you feel anxious while you were eating? Like, how? What was your vibe? How'd you feel? Um, I think definitely uh, once we got to the restaurant, like mm-hmm. that was a huge thing for. And I'd been to the restaurant before, and, and they have like this cute little patio place outdoors, but they're not using that because you have to like walk through. You've been there before altogether or during quarantine? Yeah. No, altogether. Okay. Like, okay. Pre-Rona. Got it. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, I, wherever we go, we wanted to make sure that there was like, and not just, and the one too, I remember a friend was telling me, was like, go to places who are, who pre- previous to Rona had outdoor seating. That makes so sense. that they know like how to navigate this space. Yeah, or they like, know what they're doing. You're not sitting in a, in a fucking parking lot somewhere. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Which, no offense, but you know. Um, nah, nah, I've seen some of those setups uh, yeah, in some of these venues in Brooklyn. Like it's right in front of a bus stop. I got bus True. exhaust hitting my True. plate. Like True. you know, I don't. I, I'm not True. trying to go out to eat that bad. It's right. not that so deep. Like that was important to me that we found some place that already had outdoor seating, but okay. they had a nice little setup. Okay. Um, and we were kind of tucked away in the corner, so you know, just a little shrimp basket, little lobster or something. You know, you making lobster money now, so you might have had a little. <laughs> no one else needs to know that. You're making, you making lobster money now, so I don't well, know. Taking care. I'm taking okay. care of myself. Okay. Um, right. Yeah, right. but it was cute. It was nice. The food was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the company was amazing. And then, like, we ended up kind of just going for a walk. We got some ice cream. Like, it was a it was a really great evening. And I, I remember telling her that, like, that was kind of... Um, the launch pad for me to know that like, okay, I don't have to just stay in the house. Like I can mm-hmm. enjoy the city a little bit. Yeah. Um, Responsibly, you know, yeah, as safely yeah. as I mean, you can. Definitely, definitely not. I'm not as active as I, but being out was like, damn, I really fucking miss mm-hmm. like the unpredictability of like, yeah. a, a night in New York and like having- A nice New York summer yeah, night at that. Like, you, you know what just, I mean? The work, like there nobody, I mean, we're working, but like whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of like, you know, nobody was really worried about running home. Mm-hmm. We could enjoy being out. It was great. Yeah. It was really, okay. really- lovely y'all y'all, um, dr- y'all sipping a little something at the dinner we, we may have had a, a libation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on a dump beverage okay exactly okay exactly. but nice. yeah no that was that was definitely a highlight of the week and then i've just been really busy working um mm-hmm. it's the end of our fiscal year so like there's a lot of stuff to wrap up okay. on that end. end of uh was it the end of july or end of august will be the end of your fiscal year uh july oh, okay but, you know, Okay, Shorty's got like, you. She was a little, she was a little tardy. So I had okay, to okay. Hey, and, it happens. and then it like, happens. 
I've been really busy sewing. So it's mm-hmm. just been, it's been amped. Like everything I feel like is at a hundred right now, but it's exciting. So Okay. No, I've definitely noticed an energy shift on your end. Cause you know, like I said, I, I, I jump on your IG stories, you know, you, you hitting us with little thirst traps, you know, you See, got the girls not, out, the girls are perked. First of all, yes, my titties yes. are big. They're always going to be out. I don't know what to tell you there. <laughs> I remember, I see you I in vehicles. Them. I'm like, oh shit, okay. She she's well, making movements. I'm, okay. You know, but sure. I could I because to be very honest, and you probably know this more than anybody, I was uh-huh. ready to stay in the house. Oh no, I I am well aware. I know this. Anything. I know this. And then I was like, Until oh, literally next year. Literally, truly, 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 truly. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> that was the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's been nice to kind of, to, you know, just be out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Be out. Yeah. All right. Cool. 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 That's what's yeah. up. Well, you know, good to know you and Antenna live your best lives. Don't be inviting me nowhere, but it's okay though. I it's mean, all we right. Needed, you know? it had, it needed a girl's date. It no, needed, I'm just kidding you shit. I know you are. Cause actually I think that's one of the last times I remember being out was when we all grabbed Thai food. A, a while a, oh like, early this year too, yeah, yeah. right? That's yeah, yeah. That's one of the last meetups the and three that of us was had. Another unpredictable. I met exactly thing, and we, you know, yeah. yeah. And I was about to go home, and then y'all hit me up. You're like, come through. I was like, fuck yeah. it, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that see, like you know, because I've been thinking about peace and out. I don't think I told you this. What's that? Move, leaving New York. Oh, that's that's not news to me. You you've yeah. been on that at no, tip for like, like a year or two now. Actively, it's. Okay. 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 What's so? Who's on your list? What are you thinking about? You no, know, we're not sure yet. That's the thing. Okay. Other uh, forty-nine states. They're a little okay. raggedy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, New York ain't shit, but like at least South I of that Mason-Dixon line. Right. Real hot. <laughs> it's it's kind of like the monster, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah. So I think. Oh, so I'll domestic. Be- you you did you give up on your Parisian Parisian I dreams? Really- Really, really love my job, and okay. I don't know that they will allow me to work in <laughs> to, to live in another country. Okay. <laughs> uh, my boss is away on a uh, paternal leave, parental okay. leave. Okay. Parental leave, and when she gets back, that is going to be one of the many questions I have during our check-in. Oh, got like, it. Got it. Yeah. What's my mile limit? Right. <laughs> How far I mean, can I go? We not. I'm not hosting any events, at least True. for. A year. True. I can't. Oh, that's 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 what's been um bubbled I mean, down or like put, put up for y'all. There's a there's a hundred and eighty people in my office. Oh, that's a big office. We're not. There's no way that I it's even in like all those people yeah, out. Yeah. We're gonna be able to social distance. Nah, and like, no way. Unless you have to do like the the alternating, like some people work like every other day kind of thing. Half well, the staff I mean, comes in yeah. one day, half the staff yeah. comes the other day. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm saying, but in respect to the events that I host, it's mm-hmm. for us all to congregate. Oh, to yeah, get- absolutely. For so sure. So if for we sure. can't get more than 50 people in a room, then yeah. it'll yeah. be virtual, which means all I need is internet, which means That's I can true. live in Paris. All you need is some strong Wi-Fi. So hey. I'm just I'm trying to connect the dots here for you guys. I okay? see. I see. Okay. No, and actually, I've been on that same energy, too. I'm like, because my, my contract is up at the end of this month, so I got to okay. figure out where the coins are coming in September moving forward. But now I'm like, yo, I need to definitely make sure I'm looking at some remote stuff too. Cause yeah, if if I get a chance to just be wherever and do my job, that's, that's best case scenario. You know what I mean? I mean, photography is different. That requires me obviously to be there in the flesh and, you know, taking Mm -hmm. pictures. 
But if I'm just doing something else, whether it's marketing or something else, just to, you know, put some food on my plate, sure. I don't got to be in New York to do that. Absolutely you know what I mean? Not. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. Not. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so getting into today's episode. Yes. I think talk to me. What you got for me this week? I think we had mentioned in our regrets slash what ifs episode, mm -hmm. um, the, the concept or the topic of the inner child. Oh, and we can, we can <laughs> personal today. I thought we were keeping it light. You know, I thought Daddy, this was just a... No, 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 no. Okay. Um, okay, so, Edna. All right. <laughs> we, I, yeah, we, I need her. I need, I need an Edna, even if it's just a, a, a Edna chat. Okay, I'll so hook I, you up. Edna's the homegirl. I'll I'll link y'all up. I, I don't know how saying that is for us to both have the same therapist, but that really <laughs> I think that's crossing some sort of a line. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping that. So I I know that you and I have been talking about me stop half stepping, but like really getting to. Yeah, you know I've been head. giving you my nudges. You do. I've been sending Every sending week. things in your DM. Yeah, like, what's I up? Am, I'm truly, truly appreciated of, appreciative mm -hmm. of that. Um, and so I downloaded Talkspace a couple. Oh yeah, of yeah, yeah. I remember you mentioning this. Okay. And uh, I think I need to just go ahead and bite the bullet and like the, I've gotten a couple of matches, but nobody is hitting the way that I like what I envisioned from my therapist. And I remember you okay. telling me you had a similar um, experience when you initially mm -hmm. met at mm -hmm. wasn't. You were hoping to, I think you said you wanted a, a black male. Therapist. Yes, that that's what I was out on the hunt for. But, you know, like like I like I mentioned to you, I, I feel like it all worked out the way it should, right. you know? Right. And so I just I, got lucky because I feel like a lot of times it takes folks, you know, maybe two or three therapists or, you know, before they really find someone that's a good fit. You know, that's not always everyone's experience, you know? Sure. Oh, yeah. I, that's a very common to what I've heard from other friends mm -hmm. who are that it that you know they had to meet with at least two to three different therapists yep. before yep. that they really um connected with and i think that's a another reason why i've been a little hesitant but i know and i think we've kind of talked about this a, a number of times in different episodes about how i'm really trying to maximize this time mm -hmm. in rona to focus on myself and like my own personal development yep yep um, and I'd heard, I've heard about the concept of the inner child from a couple mm -hmm. of other either podcasts or articles or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, YouTube videos. Or yep, yep. Do you have any friends who have been kind of doing this work? Because I, mm -hmm. I do, and, and I think that's been my uh, touch point with it. Because I have two or three friends who are, like, really in doing this stuff right now. And, and uh, yeah. They are, it isn't something that we talk about. Okay, okay, um, okay. Which... You know, I don't know if if that's for any reason. No, but, yeah, um, some some shit's personal. I get you that. Mean, absolutely, but yeah. I wonder. I may just pose it at least to like the group, the group of your, people, your that close I'm circle, there, yeah, super intimate with. Because mm -hmm. I, I, I am scared to kind of take this leap, um, and find out or like open doors that maybe I know that I've been closing for yep. a really long time. Yep. Like you've had I, your back against them trying to keep oh, them closed kind of thing. Truly, like hands. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> niggas ain't opening this door. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Put up all that shit. Like definitely <laughs> hiding from mm -hmm. this work. I know mm -hmm. that I've been doing that. Um, And I think uh, 
I've I've been able to kind of tackle a, a lot of these things on my own, but I know that I need the assistance of a therapist, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to delving into this more deeply. And you're probably one of the, the people that I trust the most, especially when it comes to um, topics like this. And mm-hmm. so I figured I'd, you know, bring it to you as, yeah. as my, my yeah. friend and see if this is something that you've kind of tackled or, mm-hmm. or thought about and then maybe share some information that I've learned with yeah. some of our listeners who are maybe doing this similar type of work. No, that sounds good. And and to be completely honest, I guess before we even get into it, I, I, I've done some of like uh, inner child work really the only time I've done it has been in therapy, meaning like while I've been in sessions, um, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm kind of doing this work or picking up that mantle on my own. So I absolutely would love to do that. So in in a way, we're kind of going to be going through this together because even for me, it's not something that I'm like super familiar with. Um, I I, I do know what it is and kind of like what it entails. But it, it is absolutely something that I'd like to get into, you know, in, in a more uh, intimate way myself okay. as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you said so you but this is not this wasn't foreign to you. You've had, no, you had no, I've heard of it before. Yeah. And I've, I've done I've done some oh, shit, man. Those, those, those were some <laughs> those were some interesting therapy sessions once we started doing yeah. the power, because just like you mentioned now, and I think a lot of it, too, is it, it on on a certain level, it's subconscious. So you you might not even know that you are holding your back against certain doors, trying to keep them closed until you have someone to kind of guide you through, you know, slowly opening that door and kind of peering and seeing what's back there. And a lot of times, at least in my experience, it was stuff that like I had dealt with when I was maybe, you know, five or eight or 13 and had really just never even acknowledged after that point but it's still there you know all of those all as as one of my all-time favorite quotes is that we all contain multitudes and Mm -hmm. so all of that stuff is in you at any given time and i think what what at least the little that i do know about inner child work what the goal of that is is to kind of access that and work through some whether it's trauma whether it's healing that you need to do from certain things in, in in your in your childhood you know, it, it's all it's all a part of that process. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. So I actually just googled the meaning just so that we, okay, because we have to have a basis of of a definition. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what, what what did it say? So we have inner child, a person's supposed or original or true self, especially mm-hmm. when regarded as damaged or concealed by negative childhood experiences. So you were kind of talking about trauma or mm-hmm. healing from certain mm-hmm. things. So that's yep. what our dear sis Google says. Okay. Um, Shout out and- to the Googles. <laughs> exactly. As and always. There were a couple of articles from... Um, uh, psychology. Psychology today. Yes. I feel that's like one of my my go to references. I used to hit yeah. even in college. You ever you did you do like an intro to psych class in college? No. no? Oh yeah, yeah. I did one, and we we were on there all the time. Um, and so there was uh, one really good one uh, by uh, Doctor Stephen A. Diamond, okay. uh, which is the essential secrets of psychotherapy: the mm-hmm. inner child. Mm-hmm. That at least because. 
not again i'd heard of this concept before i'd i'd heard people reference it but i didn't understand and i mean inner child feels kind of self-explanatory but Mm -hmm. like what does that really mean um so uh, dr diamond does a really i think does a really good job of kind of just breaking down essentially what is the inner child okay Um, so he starts the article off with uh to begin with the inner child is real Mm -hmm. uh, figuratively metaphorically real most mental disorders and destructive behavior patterns are as freud first um, intimidated more or less related to this unconscious part of ourselves yep Uh, We were all once children and still have that child dwelling within us, but most adults are quite unaware of this. And this lack of conscious relatedness to to our own inner child is precisely where so many behavioral, emotional, and relationship uh, difficulties stem from. That is facts. And actually, actually, while, you know, while I'm out here in my panic room in my undisclosed location, there happened... Anything, but I'm concerned because all I <laughs> no, I'm safe. I'm well. I'm not in danger. You know, I'm good. I'm chilling. I'm, okay. I mean, my panic room has a pool, so I'm okay. I'm, oh, I'm doing well, all right. Mean, yeah, But actually, and I think this is very telling because I think this has happened to you and I now probably three or four times this season, where like we'll have an episode or a topic that we know we want to do. And kind of like the week leading up to it or the days leading up to it, we see yeah. small clues, yeah. you know, whether yeah. we see like an Instagram post. And I know you've shared some with me. I've shared yeah. some with you. Well, that shit happened again this week because <laughs> as soon as I got here, the first book that I saw is a book by a gentleman named John Bradshaw, and it's called Homecoming, Reclaiming and Championing Your Inner Child. So I think that was just, you know, synchronicity right there. <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay, okay, universe, I see what you're doing. You know, sometimes you're a little more subtle, but you weren't today, but that's okay. Right. That's okay. You you know what? I could appreciate a good slap in the face. Like, this is what you need to be paying attention. Yes, that's facts. That's facts. And so I started thumbing through it, and I really loved um, the introduction. And if you don't mind, I'm just going to read it real quick. It's it's, it's fairly short. Um, What it is, uh, it starts off with a poem. Um, by a poet named Christopher Morley. And this poem is about childhood. So I'm I'm just going to go ahead and read it real quick. So Morley says, the greatest poem ever known is one all poets have outgrown, the poetry innate untold of being only four years old, still young enough to be a part of nature's great impulsive heart, born comrade of bird, beast, and tree, and unselfconscious as the bee. And yet with lovely reason skilled, each day new paradise to build, elate explorer of each sense, without dismay, without pretense. In your unsustained, transparent eyes, there is no conscious, no surprise. Life's queer conundrums you accept, you strange divin- your strange divinity still kept. And life that sets all things in rhyme may make you poet too, in time but there were days oh tender elf when you were poetry itself and i love that just kind of just like an an old an old to childhood and and i think a lot of times uh, unless you really make a concerted effort to tap into it sometimes you even forget your own childhood maybe you'll have memories that pop up every now and again but sometimes you just forget some of the 
the joys and some of the things you know because everything's new to you as a child like i know one one of my favorite sensations that i always that i sometimes remember is like do you remember like how great it felt like when someone picked you up and would throw you in the air like how amazing <laughs> that felt do you remember that that feeling i don't and i remember because i remember my uncle samuel always used to do that anytime he would see me he would pick me up and just throw me in the air. And it was the best feeling. Like, just, you felt like you were flying. You know what I mean? Well, I can only imagine. And I know yeah. when around little people, that is definitely a thing that I do with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the, their face. I, but I don't think that I, I don't know. You don't remember that sensation? Yeah, I remember it. And it's, and it's so, it's, it just felt free and it, it felt like freedom. Um, and just to round out the the intro, because now this is actually the author, um, John Bradshaw speaking, um, in response to that poem, he says, what happens to this wonderful beginning when we were all, quote unquote, poetry itself? How do all those tender elves become murderers, drug addicts, physical and sexual offenders, cruel dictators, morally degenerate politicians? How do they all become the walking wounded? We see them all around us the sad, fearful, doubting, anxious, and depressed, filled with unutterable longings. Surely this loss of our innate human potential is the greatest tragedy of all. The more we know about how we lost our spontaneous wonder and creativity, the more we can find ways to get them back. We may even be able to do something about preventing this happening to our own children in the future. And I love that last line because that's also something that you hear often, especially now the past couple of years when mental health and therapy has kind of become a conversation we're all being, you know, getting more comfortable having is that when you heal yourself, you you literally heal your bloodline. You're, 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 that healing and work that you're doing for yourself, you pass that on because now when, you know, if 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 you're blessed and fortunate to have children of your own, now you're doing that from a much more informed and healthy place than even maybe your parents were when they had you and when they rose you. So that's why this stuff is so crucial. It's you're not you're not only doing work for yourself, it's going both directions. Maybe yeah. maybe you're fortunate enough now to have some tough conversations with your parents and maybe help them along their path to healing, maybe some things. And certainly, you know, when the time comes for your own kids, you'll definitely be doing the same for them. So Thank you for letting me share that. I just really love that intro. So I felt I'd share it. Uh, mm -hmm. And thank you. I think that that's that what you just mentioned about like um, potentially healing your parents mm -hmm. or at least recognizing the need to have some of these uncomfortable conversations, yep. but like yep. necessary conversations. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that at least for me and mm -hmm. in the small time that I've been I won't say that I've been doing the work because I don't know that I've been doing that, but at least paying attention. Yeah. Kind of Acknowledging. That's a start. Yeah. I think that's, that's the best part. The best yep. word you used to describe mm -hmm. it is acknowledging this need to kind of heal my mm -hmm. inner child. It's a lot of it, a lot of their feelings because they are their own person, essentially, um, is a re is resentment towards my parents. Mm. Um, that, that, who <laughs> You you could come. You gonna trigger a nigga out here today. <laughs> if that's that, that's the if that's the topic, then man, let me buckle in. Because I mean, yeah, I, I got I have some of that on my own too. And I, you know, as you all know, my mother is living with me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think definitely 
in this time with her and being an adult and having her respect the fact that even though um mm-hmm. even though like you know she's still my mama and i you know will i defer to her like there, there's a, a sense of deference that i give to her but i do like she's been very conscious to respect the fact that i am a grown-ass woman and she needs okay. to accordingly and you know address me as such and so yeah it's been um it's been very interesting the difference in our relationship mm-hmm. now than mm-hmm. of course when i was younger but okay. i what well, what's changed because i was just about to ask you because I, I, I don't know if I've quite gone to this point myself, which is why I'm always a little jealous when I see it in my friends. Like, at, at what point would you say you made the shift from being the daughter to now maybe more of a, you know, an equal, of an adult, of a, not a friend, because God forbid no, you ever tell me. an African parent that you're your friend. No, no good, and no, you're lucky for that, because that's not... No, not just African. That's a Black folk thing, too. You know, God forbid, you know, oh, I'm not your little friend. You know what I'm saying? Like when when do you feel like you you made that shift? I think I mean honestly it probably was sometime in college. Okay. Where <laughs> um, and I think I might have shared this with you that like the my entire freshman year I never went home. Like I never yes. visited. Yes. I remember and I was shocked. Went. I was like, "Wait, that's a train ride away." I was in Florida, so I had an excuse. You were literally of an hour train ride downtown. And I think she, once she realized that, like, oh, Shorty may never come back. Like, <laughs> like, like, I might never see this chick again. There, that I'm not paying attention to. Okay, okay. It's when she started to at least... Um, I think she's that's when she started to at least consider that maybe I wasn't as happy as mm. I she thought on. you might be. Okay. Okay. Or, or okay. Even that I allowed her to think that I was. Okay. because um, it was it was very clear that I was running away from home. Like I okay. did not want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um and I think I remember I wanna say she came to my school to visit. Oh, so she came down. She was like, you ain't coming up, so let me just come down and see you. My father left for Ghana Mm -hmm. my second semester of my freshman year. So, like, um, early 2007. Okay. And I think after that, she came to, like, check on me. Okay. To, like, I was really okay. And I think we had went to, like, a a pizzeria nearby, and we just kind of chopped it up. And, like, that was the first time that – and I'd always – I knew that my mom, everything that she did for me, to me and my brother, she did purely for our safety Mm -hmm. and because she, you know, it was was done out of care, out of love. Okay, okay. She wasn't – and I mean, and I know other African parents. I I knew that I was very fortunate that my mother allowed me to go out, and she let me hang out with my friends Must and spend that nice. Like, yeah, she, <laughs> she real, maybe because of her upbringing, because okay. I know that my parents were extremely strict, and okay. my mother always tells me about when she was younger how she wanted to always be like the perfect child and like her siblings would get on her because like she mm. always tried to do the best where is she in the home. mix is she like the oldest the youngest the somewhere in the middle girl. she's the oldest girl okay 
And there's yeah. a lot that comes with that, being the oldest yeah. daughter yeah. in an African household. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot yeah. that comes with that. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, it was like infidelity with my grandparents. And so mm-hmm. my mom and my grandmother were incredibly close because I feel like she felt like she needed to protect her. Okay. Um, in some way. And then I unfortunately mirrored some of that even mm-hmm. in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Not because my mother asked that of me, but when my father moved to Ghana and then we mm-hmm. found out that he wasn't being faithful um, and it was really just she and I, like I felt like I needed to take care Step of Step up. Mom. Yeah, and, I get that. And I this is seven, eight. Like there wasn't really anything that I could do, but I knew yeah. that I had out her down and like we were going to like, two musketeering it kind of yep. situation. Yep, yep, um, Which, you know, Fortunately, unfortunately, brings its own burden, or you know, like absolutely a sense of responsibility for a seven year old to like be there for their parent. Like, yeah, and you hear that often. Even, even I've had this conversation. Um, just real quick, I, I don't, I, I definitely want to let you finish, but no, I've, I've definitely had this conversation with a, a few of my friends where for whatever reasons, and it's not, you know, it could be a range of different things, whether maybe one of the parents was alcoholic or absent or abusive or whatever it may be. And and unfortunately, um, they do have to step up into that role of, of basically being a co-parent, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of having, you're, you're forced to help your parents work through the whatever shit they're going through from their spouse. So, you know, your father, your mother, yeah. and that's and heavy shit. That's not something a seven or eight year old should be doing, you know, in any way. Like, especially when my brother came from Ghana, because then it okay. was like, I, I definitely had to protect him because he has an accent and people are making mm-hmm. fun of him. And I wasn't playing. So I was both ends, your little bro and your mom. Yeah. yeah. And like, you yeah. know, I also felt like, um, you know, because he was, he had been gone for a few years that like, mm-hmm. I didn't want him to feel like we didn't want, you know, like all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think at seven or eight, you're dealing with all this. That's a lot. No, no, yeah. honestly, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. When you're, when you're in it, you don't, you don't think it, you just know that this is your family and you love them and you want to protect them. Protect but them I think you can. Honestly, during this time, I think. I've really been able to sit back and be like, that was a lot to care mm-hmm, for. Mm-hmm, um, and not mm-hmm. to say that anybody was asking me to do that, but like, I just knew, oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, if there's any episode. Okay. Yeah, I know. This is the one. It's all right. It's all right. Where like, you know, like you just feel that sense of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't know where we were going with that. No, but. it's okay. No, I, I, I had just asked you, um, the the kind of way we arrived at this tangent was me asking you when you feel like you had made that shift with your mother from oh, oh, not yeah, being yeah. her daughter to being yeah. a friend or an equal or an adult in her eyes. You know what I mean? I That's what I was curious. I definitely think it, it it happened in college. Okay. Um, and I I feel like I was you know I was away from home. I was experiencing a lot of things on my own, mm-hmm. and you know you're around a group of 18, 20, 21 year olds. Yep. Yep. No, everybody's trying to give everybody advice and none of my friends knew what the fuck we none of us knew what the <laughs> Shit, fuck what the fuck you that's the thing at that age you think you know it right. all you think you no, haven't figured I, out I, meanwhile i don't know anything i know <laughs> yeah. and i i remember i brought uh i think it, of course it probably had to do with some boy and i brought it to my mom and okay like her, asking for advice yeah and her okay. first response was 
something like what are you doing with boys stop talking like she okay. was like okay oh, you know well what do you like about him like okay. that i felt like, I, like oh shit okay. i'm saying oh yeah this is different judge me you're not gonna make me feel like i'm out here doing things that i shouldn't be doing Mm -hmm. um and so that's when of course we continued to have other conversations and i knew the life stuff she was gonna be there but like there are sure even with you like when you're when you were in college like there were things that you just wouldn't talk to your parents about and i still things today that i don't talk to them about and And that's not by i I wish it wasn't that way because that's what i was gonna that's what i was about to get into for myself I don't know if that shift ever happened for me where my, where, yeah, because, because I, I feel like the way I would describe my relationship with my parents, because it they, that was kind of their mentality coming up was like, I'm not your friend, you know, I'm sure. your, I'm your, sure. I'm your father, you know, you sure. do what I say, all that good shit. Um, that there was never a shift from that. There was never an opportunity for our relationship to evolve and, and grow. What's that? Now at 32. No, and that's the thing. I feel like now, now at 32, I've I've come to the realization that if I ever want that, that's going to be something that I have to initiate. Because otherwise, because in my culture, that's not that's not really a thing. You're not you're mm-hmm. not really ever buddy buddy with your parents. There's always that delineation. Even when I see my my grandfather, who's my last grandparent, my my mother's father. And and my uncles and aunts still the same thing, you know. There's still a certain level of like reverence in that relationship that is always maintained and respected. But I think I really would love to get to the point where, just like you were saying now, like where I could go to my folks with some, you know, some tough shit or stuff I'm struggling with. Um, and I know I, this is something I, I often brought up during my sessions with Edna, particularly with my mother, who's very religious. Um, cause my grandfather's a pastor, so she's a, a pastor's daughter. Um, I don't, I don't know if I, uh, yeah, no, not even, I don't know. It's the truth. Um, I don't know who my mother is past her faith. And I think my big fear has always been, and, and it might be on, an, on one that's not true, but it's, it's still a fear that I have. My fear is I don't know if she knows who she is outside of her faith because who 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 else are what what else yeah. you know what what are the other dimensions of your life yeah. besides your faith in God yeah. and that I'm I'm not I'm not here to mock that or say there's anything wrong with that in in, in a lot of ways I admire that about yeah. her you know how 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 closely she clutches to her faith but I think that's always been my fear is like well who else are you outside yeah. of church outside of God outside of the Bible yeah. yeah what are your interests what are you what are you afraid of what are you you know all of those combos go to coffee and, and ask her yeah no I know and I, I really think that's what it comes down to I with my father it's like that where we can have some some kind of like you know uh man-to-man conversations if you will mm-hmm. um but even then even with him i would like to get to that point where and i think that's what it's going to be i'm i'm going to just start asking them more questions about their childhoods you yeah. know tell me about childhood how how was shit when you grew up you know what were what was the experience with your father and your mother you know because, yeah, so I, I just think it's just need to start having those combos. I know y'all all tired of me hearing me say this because I've been saying it for like two seasons now. Well, no, I think maybe I need to get on you and make sure. That yeah, out. yeah. You might I'm, I might need that nudge myself. Um, yeah. But I think it's just I think my only apprehension is because I know I'm kind of 
doing something that's more or less taboo in my culture. You know, it's not really something that you do with your parents is have those kind of like basically like conversations I'd have with you. That's not something you ever do with your parents in my culture. So that's a little bit of the nervousness I have behind it. But just like you, just to kind of bring it back to the original point, definitely a lot of resentment that I've had built up, you know, particularly towards my father um, that I've been able to work through and through therapy, you know, thank God for Edna, Mm -hmm. but I still would like to have some type of, not necessarily closure, but some type of resolution when it comes to a lot of those emotions. And I think, I think for me, what that, you know, to bring it back to the inner child, I think what that eight-year-old Obed or that 13-year-old Obed needs to hear is a sorry, Mm. you know, from my father or for my my mother for different in a, for from for different things yeah. but just an apology for the way things were and the and you know you know cuz i i i had i grew up it, it's always kind of difficult to say but if i really am looking at it like objectively definitely grew up in an abusive household when it comes to like physical abuse my parents, you know and that's that's the thing in our culture as africans we don't look at it as abuse, you know, and, and then they'll always throw the Bible quote at you too, you know, spare the rod and you spoil yeah. the child or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it, it, a lot of times, especially my father, it went well beyond just a spanking to just like, you know, like actual anger and like this, you know, that's how there was time blanketed too. Oh no, I'm doing this because I love you. No, that was, there was no, sometimes, but most times, especially my father, there was no love involved. That was, and you could see it even his eyes and, and how he carried himself. It was just anger, you know? So I think it was once I started going to therapy, and it seems obvious on the face, but I think once it really settled in for me is when that light is when I had a light bulb moment, is realizing that your parents, because that's the thing, as a child, you look at your parents as gods, you know, you don't know any better. They feed you, they shelter, you know, they do everything is from them. So you don't think of them as infallible or as imperfect or as people who make mistakes. So I think it wasn't really until I became an adult myself that where it finally clicked that, yo, they, they, they were, they were, they have their own shit, their own traumas, their own things that they're working through. You know what I mean? They might never have admitted as much, but I know this because they're a human being and we all deal with this shit. You know what I'm saying? So I think once once I realized that they also were on their own journeys as my, even when they were you know I mean they're still my parents but even as I was growing up I think that's when I've been able to kind of show them a little bit more grace and a lot of the at least the anger subsided okay. you know okay I'm not as resentful I'm not as angry about uh, about the way my childhood was once I came to that realization. You know what I mean? For no, a thousand percent. I yeah. think for me, um, again, because of the relationship that my mom and I have, we've been able to talk about some of these things. Um, and she, to, uh, to her credit, is always like a poker. Like she wants to, like if I even utter anything that will remotely mm. lend to feelings of my past she's there to try to dig and figure okay out. no that's beautiful that's great yeah that's okay. like i don't really want to talk about that right now uh-huh, like, uh-huh. I, i'm still trying to process a lot of it but yep. i will i will say that i am very fortunate 
a because of who she is mm-hmm. uh, and then the fact that like i i because i think she is seen between my brother and i uh, the anger kind of pokes out manifesting in different yeah. ways yeah, yeah. and yeah. so i i i think for her um she knows that there is there are there there there's something there, there. yeah there that we as yep. a family to really tackle together um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and uh i think she she thinks that she is equipped to, to do to do the processing for us or with us um but i i appreciate at least the interest in having the conversation and then no, also uh, apologizing because she has done that. yeah see i need that I've yeah. never gone that. I need yeah. that. I yeah. need that. And and it's it, it sounds it sounds insignificant. Oh, but no, even it's, it's it huge. I'm just getting that it's the validation that comes with it of knowing oh. of I'm, knowing that there was something that happened where you know I was wronged in some way and you're taking accountability for that. And, and even if you don't feel like I, you were the person who maybe have wronged me. Mm-hmm. acknowledging the pain that is there and that yes. this yes. happened and it shouldn't have happened yes. and for that i am sorry yes. you know what i'm saying like yes um, yes yeah yeah and no I, like, well i'm happy i'm happy you've you've gotten you've gotten the, that no i think the hardest part and like the huge the the thing that like really ignited all of this was of course the passing of my father because oh i'm I sure like i'm sure she knew now that mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately unfortunately she was it but you are the only pair on the planet that we have yeah and you and carrying, us that's it carrying a lot of stuff Mm-hmm. A lot of our feelings that maybe we have with him mm-hmm. that is not fair for us to put on her. That yeah, that's a thing. That's but a thing. We don't. He's not here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Um, and I, I, I mean, I think after, after really mourning him for maybe two years, mm-hmm. um, I was even able to kind of talk about how angry I still like the things that I was still angry about. Yep. Him. Yeah. because you don't i mean when people pass you rarely do you talk about their faults and the things yeah. that they've done yeah it's, just, it's a disgusting thing but i i'm not going to pretend that my father was perfect because he wasn't yeah um, no and we saw that play out early this year you yeah. know with kobe you know yeah. who was a yeah. a, a, a complicated yeah. figure in yeah. a lot of ways so and no yeah that, that's know. real exactly yeah. and i think you know the hardest part um was the fact that there were so many things left unsaid between us mm-hmm. and with I your think father with my father okay that I don't and and the relationship that I have with him definitely manifests itself with the relationships that I have with men now both uh, that, romantically and I I like I don't know how to resolve that without him like that oh, is a thing that okay. I'm right I now where it's saying. like yeah, the person yeah. that I need to help me navigate all of that. All of this is gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. your personal relationships are are the most intimate ones that you have, regardless if you know this is a romantic one or a platonic one. And mm-hmm. it's it's been that's the thing that has kind of kept me up a bit at night. Is like okay how do I do this work when the person that I need to address 
to, to kind of hold your hand or walk. Yeah, yeah. He's not here. Yeah. He's not here. And I, I mean, I talk to my father mm-hmm. often, mm-hmm. but it's, I mean, that's. It's not the, yeah, it's it, not it's, the same. It's not the same. And, yeah. So it's, um, it's, it's really like, I, <laughs> it's been really like, at least for like the last two to three weeks, it's been no, really sure. hard. It's been the, really the past hard. two to three weeks or years? Um, no, I mean, well, with me doing this kind of work. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Focusing, because like, I, I think I told you, like, I'm not talking to anybody anymore. I have, mm-hmm. I've consciously decided to. Hey, cut. sometimes it's good to hit a yeah. little quick control out delete. Yeah. I mean, none of these niggas was really out here trying to <laughs> do the yeah. work. Either. But so it was yeah. just easy for me to like, so let's stop pretending that we're going to link or we're interested. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm good. You doing your thing, I'm gonna sit yeah. here and just focus yep. on me. Yep. Um, and then making sure that like I'm I am noticing patterns in my life that I'm sure are tied to all of these things that are not have not been reconciled. That have been resolved, yeah. And that haven't been resolved. And so and I mean, I there's no secret that I would love to find a partner and get married and all those yeah. kind of things. And I know that I need to be whole before I. I was just about to say, hey, yeah, it's yeah. important to kind of work through all this stuff before you step into something. Yeah, I, the relationship that I'm looking for, I want it to look drastically di- different from the relationships that I have been having. And I know that the common denominator or the the deciding factor and all of that is me. And so that is why I've really been trying to just focus on um, outside of just like not giving attention to people who don't deserve it, but it was really Mm -hmm. important for me to like really work on, work on Nana, work on being whole. No, that's real. um, You know, just being able, even, even outside of, of being whole, but for, for a while it was starting to feel like, every conversation I was having with my friends was about a man. Every conversation mm. you and I were having was about a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether a nigga texts me or not, my whole day mm-hmm. would be in shambles. And like, mm-hmm. I don't want anybody besides me yeah. to have that much control over. That much influence or control on, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like, I was, I, I literally, I think I said this about a couple of episodes. Like, I don't want to talk about niggas anymore. Like, I don't. Yeah, I, just, I remember I, that. I remember that. And it's no shade, but like, I, you're just, I'm not interested in having yeah. you be such a huge factor in my no, head. that reminds me of one of my other friends you haven't met her yet i'm sure you will at some point um actually her birthday was today so shout out to her um same thing with her i i i i, I i'm often worried about her because it seems like the lens that she views herself and her success mm-hmm. is in direct mm-hmm. relation to her relationships with men. And I'm like, yeah. no, don't yeah. do that to yourself. Because we ain't shit. Don't do that. <laughs> please. And I'm, I'm begging all the all the women listening, please do it not attach so your happiness to that. a romantic relationship. And even the brothers too. Because relation, especially romantic relationships, they're fickle. They come, they go. Of course, hopefully we all wish that they last and, you know, they're healthy. But sure. sometimes they're not. So the last thing you want to do is be attaching your sense of self to something that's completely outside of you that you really don't have that much control about. You know it's what I mean? So true. I could not agree with you more. <laughs> uh, but as somebody who has done it, and I've mm. realized that I've done it for... Oh, I've been I, there too. And I've I, been you there. Could, but you couldn't tell me that. I thought I yeah. was out here doing me, living yeah. life. Independent, yeah. and it's like no, bitch. Everything that you do mm-hmm. is because of 
another person. Yep. yep. The joy that you have is whether or not the ups, the downs, I the, get to see him. We're yeah. Talking, the conversation, like all of this, was tethered to people. Yes. And I, at the beginning of quarantine, like I was super, super self conscious about having, like, of not being able to like physically be in con in connection close with people. With people. And yeah. Then, having people tell me that that was a reason why they were not talking to me anymore was because I wasn't convenient enough for them to hang out. Like, well, that's that, trash. Truly. <laughs> I want us to say that that is a hard, like you're gross, but you know, I would be lying if I said that I didn't internalize that a little bit. And yeah, make, I, I get know, that. Like, you're human. Of course. And then I was like, what the fuck? First of all, this nigga is not even that endearing. Probably ain't even all that. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you working double time, triple time? Triple, keep, yeah. Triple time, my nigga, to yeah. keep people in your orbit who don't yeah. even really give a fuck about you. That's like, facts. don't care. That's facts. I've, not... I've had a few instances of that the past couple of weeks, so it's, it's really? interesting that you bring that up, but that, yeah. No, I, I hear you. You're, you're speaking facts is all I'm saying. I, so, and then it's just like, and, and then I was like, girl, you're not bored. Like you're bored. You're just, you're just boring <laughs> and you're still working so yeah. hard. Yeah. Why? Mm -hmm. Like, what is that? And so then mm -hmm. that's when I was like, well, I've always felt kind of, I don't want to say abandoned, but when my father left, I think the first time, mm -hmm. maybe like five or yeah, maybe like five, four or five, um, it was, and I knew he it, he wasn't leaving us. He was leaving too. But you, mm -hmm. that's not how it feels. I mean, good um, luck making that distinction <laughs> as a child. Yeah, what difference does that feels. make when you're younger? So it's like, I can rationalize it now and under and understand as an adult. But it felt like my daddy didn't want us. Anymore. Yeah, no, I I get that. I wasn't good enough for him to stay here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that, that trickles right into your romantic and, and it's the opposite I, for us as men. A lot of times it's that relationship you have with your mother that influences your romantic yeah. relationships as a guy. And so like a lot of a lot of those I know for a fact, like even in the relationships that I've had now, and mm -hmm. I, I you know that I have a really hard time of even calling them relationships, but I feel like mm -hmm. entanglements is dead. Entanglements, like, yes. Jada came through for you. Dead. Um, mm -hmm. where it's like, I, it's hard for me to kind of give them that title because the care was not there. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that I mattered enough to you. You, yeah. you, this wasn't worth you investing in. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of takes me back to that five-year-old girl. Yeah. Who, no. And, and Dr. Diamond talked about that yeah, in, in that yeah, article you pulled yeah, up. Yeah, he says, yeah. in fact, these so-called, these so-called grownups, you and I, <laughs> or adults, <laughs> Are unwittingly being constantly influenced or covertly controlled by this unconscious inner child, that five-year-old you just talked about. Yeah. For many, it is not an adult self-directing their lives, but rather an emotionally wounded inner child mm. inhabiting an adult body. A five-year-old running around <laughs> in a 40-year-old frame. It is a hurt, angry, fearful little boy or girl calling the shots, making adult decisions. A boy or girl being sent out into the world to do a man's or a woman's job. And that's a bar. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> that's yeah. so, well, I, depending on how vulnerable or forthcoming you're willing to be, uh, I'm that's curious true. for you, because I guess for you, you've been um, talking about your relationships with men, so your romantic relationships. Yeah. That's one way 
that that has manifested itself in your life. Are there any other ways that you feel like that 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 five year old Nana is kind of driving the boat, driving the car from time to time? Other other contexts besides romantic relationships. Sure. Um. So I think. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. <laughs> um, oh shit. Um. So I don't. Oh, I don't. I don't even know if I. I think I might have told you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So maybe a month ago. Because I have mine too, and I will share. I just wanted okay. to start off with you. Um, a month ago, two months ago, mm-hmm. um, I'm well into this healing that I feel like I'm doing. I yes. feel like I'm in a really great place. You are. I feel the energy I, shift, like I said at the start of the episode. I'm, I'm happier being alone. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. am, you know, the attention that I'm giving to myself and, and solely me feels great. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up one day and I, I don't know if this was an anxiety attack, a panic attack, whatever. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just run. Mm-hmm. Did something trigger that or just, 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 just how you woke up that day? I don't know. I don't okay. even know. Like it just felt like the pressure maybe that I was putting on myself or that I felt that I had to mm-hmm. be quote unquote Nana was overwhelming. Okay. Okay. Um, and I think this kind of, I was talking about this a little bit, um, when it comes to like protecting my family and, you know, being there for my mom Mm -hmm. where I, there, I don't want to say it was a persona, but I knew, okay. Uh, There's a little story time. No, yeah, no Um, worries. Take your time. So, Growing up, <laughs> growing up, mm-hmm. I was very rambunctious, very mm-hmm. boisterous. A lot hasn't changed. Yeah, I was just about to say she's still in there. <laughs> she's still in there. We love but, her for we love you for it. Yeah, but I used to get in trouble a lot in school. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. a lot, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. And I my mom being a single mom, seeing that pressure, that um the strain that it was putting on her, mm-hmm. I started to have com- like little baby conversation with myself. We're like, this is not helping you, sis. We're not what you think. Okay. You're doing is not it. And then I, and as a Ghanaian American, you, I was always compared to cousins or friends of the family of this oh, is they how I love that. Oh, they love that. Yeah. My African parents yeah. love comparing. They do. They love that. They do. And so, <laughs> Um, <laughs> and so I think there uh, eventually there was a, a light bulb flipped and was like, okay, girl, you need this, per- you have to just be the way people want you to be so you can you get have to conform. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. I had mm-hmm. to conform, and I think, um, I've 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 even bucked myself from time to time because I know that that is not instinctively me, mm-hmm. but I also know what people expect of the me. expectations of you. Right. Yeah. But what they want from me, what they want to, mm-hmm. to gather mm-hmm. from me, what they want me to produce for them. Mm-hmm. I am very, very cognizant of that. Mm-hmm. Is that who I am? I don't think so. No, it's not. It's but, absolutely not. You know, survival of the fittest, we got to get by. And I yeah. think th- whenever that was, I called, uh, Cheris and I had a, a conversation that okay. and I completely broke down because it, I was like, I don't want to be tethered to whatever this life is anymore. 
Mm-hmm. I don't want to be tethered to these expectations, yep. to responsibilities, to yep. my friends, to, mm-hmm. I mean, my job. I, I, to anything, literally. To, to, yeah. I literally yeah. wanted to pack whatever I could in my hands and just, just be out. Here. Yeah. Nobody would know. Change my number, no text, would, turn off the socials. No one could get in contact. Like, truly. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, oh. well, I've been there a few times myself, too. So I get that. <laughs> yeah. I get that. I again, you and I have talked about this where I've thought about leaving, but it's never felt like this before. Okay. And okay. I was, it I kind was, of came to a head. I was very scared. Okay. Like, I was very, very scared because, like, my mom is here, but mm-hmm. I could have done it in the middle of the night. She would have mm-hmm. woken up. Maybe mm-hmm. would never know. Yeah. I would have texted her to tell her that I'm fine. Don't worry. But yep. will never see me again. Like, that yeah. truly was what I wanted to do. Okay. And I don't know in respect to this conversation about inner child, um, what, I don't, I mean, I, I haven't done the work yet to connect the two, but I can only imagine they want to get the fuck out. They mm. don't want, and I don't want to say that I don't want to be this person anymore, but and when I you also, say they, you mean like the younger versions of yourself. Younger, like okay. My, my okay. Yes. Um, you know, like I think the the pressure definitely has gotten to me. And it's been very interesting because I don't there, especially during this time of quarantine, there hasn't been so many physical expectations, but I think emotionally and mentally, mm-hmm. like if, if not tenfold to be um like those those type of expectations with the relationships that I have with people have kind mm-hmm. of been heightened if that mm-hmm. makes sense okay um, and so it's been really hard for me to be the person who wants to keep her phone on do not disturb and not have to really be attentive to anybody mm-hmm. but i still like i i'm i am of this world i am in relation with people and so mm-hmm. and these are not these are relationships that matter to me and so like i don't want to be negligent but like if i really could just hop up and be like not fuck everybody because I don't mm. mean that, but like fuck having to be or to fuck having to be responsible in the way that I've been responsible. I would, I would truly love that. Like I would truly okay. love to just be able to, to just dip and, and just not have out. to worry yeah, about I get anybody. That contact with me not worrying about why i didn't respond to the group chat not worried about why i didn't post nothing like Mm -hmm. i don't want to have to deal with Mm -hmm. anything Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and so like i think um when it when it comes to dealing with my inner child that is probably the most recent experience that i've had with it outside of maybe my romantic relationships okay okay no and a lot of that a lot of that uh and and thank you for sharing first and foremost um no a lot of that i can relate to i think for me um there's actually a book that i that i that edna shared with me my therapist shared with me i can't for the life of me remember the title now but if i do i'll i'll throw it back in the chat if, if it will um but basically the 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 crux of this book is it's a psychologist speaking directly and specifically to black men similar similar kind of navigating the same conversation about i'm sorry say that again a black male 
Yes, or else I would not have listened to shit they had to say. <laughs> How you gonna tell me by myself and you some some old crusty white dude? Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't need that. Yeah, old white woman. No, no, it was it, um he was a brother as well. Um, and basically, kind of navigates the same conversation about about the inner child and about the need to, particularly as a black man, evolve and progress through different parts of your life. Um, so the way he kind of broke it out was, and, and I've seen this other places as well, but basically you have your childhood years, you know, let's say we want to put that from like, let's say maybe like zero to maybe 10, you know, that first 10 years, if you will. And then you've got that next, that next decade, maybe 10 to 20. So basically you, your teenage years, if you will, that adolescence portion, and then everything on the other side of 18 or, or 21, if you even want to go that far. Is, is, is more or less adulthood. And he talks about how, uh, how it's very easy to get stuck in any of those developmental phases and have that version of yourself, whether it's the toddler, whether it's the adolescent, uh, kind of running the show, if it, if it were. So I think for me, the way I've, I've thought about it, I know one way that the speaking now about the toddler, you know, that first 10 years, if you will, for me, that's manifested in my adulthood now in my need to seek approval from mm-hmm. other people. So I think the the root of that for me, and I, I've, I've interrogated this, so I've kind of been able to pinpoint what the, what the root of each of this is. That portion is just, that's kind of the dynamic of my house when I grew up. Everything was, you know, for example, you, you, you were always performing, meaning you always had to be getting a's you know nothing less than the a or b c you're stretching and that's you're probably getting your ass beat for that um so anything that we did coming up was for the approval and validation of our parents and particularly and specifically my father so at any given moment that was kind of what was in the back of my head was like yo i can't fuck up because i you know i know that's whether it's going to be disappointment or licks either way is going to be something not pleasant from my father so in a lot of ways that's definitely bled into my adulthood where a lot of times not so much now because i think once i came to this awareness there certainly was a shift internally for me but up until that point constantly always seeking approval always needed to to get an okay or a green light or or kind of moving in a way to get someone's approval for something I did. So that that definitely is one that I've had to kind of work through. And, I've, and I think uh, a kind of uh, side effect of that, if you will, is always feeling like, um, yeah, just I, I never was doing things for myself. I was always doing things to get, you know, to, to get that external validation, which is not any any way to kind of fucking live, to be honest. Um, and that also bled into my romantic relationships where that was also a form of me feeling validated or valued was by being in relation with women, you know, having a girlfriend, having someone who I was talking to or dating. Um, so, so anytime that I had relationships sour or go south or breakups, breakups especially those would fucking just i would just be in shambles you know i'll just be just completely broken 
honestly. And I think a lot of that, you used, you used the word tether early, and I think that's the perfect word for it. I was tethering my self-worth and my value to this romantic relationship. So as soon as that, not even as soon as it, it w- went all the way south, even when I got a hint that things were souring or things weren't going well, I would just completely come out of myself, you know, just like, oh, what's wrong? I'm sorry. What did I do? You know, like just again, going back to that approval, just like, what can I do to fix this or maintain this? Even if on the face, it was a very unhealthy relationship. I right. still was trying to save I get it. Because if I yeah. don't have it, what am I? Who yeah, am I? Yeah, what am I? You know, well, well, why why don't you want me? What's wrong with me? You know, I, I internalized breakups a lot in my in my like early to mid 20s. Um, and then the the last so that part, I think those two speak to kind of like the toddler in me, um, if you will. And the another one, now this is moving into the adolescence or the teenage years. Um so I'll give it an age. I'll say like 14 or 15 year old me, you know, um, did well in school, you know, had good grades. I was doing sports. I, I ran track, um, did cross country too, did the extracurriculars. But the one thing that was just not happening for me, I was not getting no type of play. No, no <laughs> one, ain't nobody have a crush on me. Ain't nobody, you know, leave a note in my locker. Just nothing. Just nothing. Nothing. No, no one on my line. Similar. Huh? Uh, I said I'm very familiar. You okay, know. so you, you can relate. Yeah. And, and, and nobody was calling my house phone. No, no voicemails <laughs> for me. You know. Uh, so I think, um, and I, you know, I had a few crushes uh, in in no oh, maybe like one or two in high school. You know, at, at that age, you know, it doesn't take a lot, a whole lot to have a crush. Sure. Someone could look at you the, the a certain way, and you're head over heels. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but I think. A few times, because I, I actually shout out to younger me, because that that took all kinds of bravery on my part. Because um, there were a few times where I would like fess up to someone, like, "Oh, you know, just so you know, I have a crush on you." You know that, whole, which I don't know if you remember that at fourteen or fifteen, but that literally felt like you were about to jump off of a roof, like just stepping up to someone to let them know that you like them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, now I don't think nothing of it, but at the time that was like moving mountains. Like, like you had you were thinking about it the night before. Like, what am I gonna say? How am I? You know, you 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 know what I'm talking about. I'm I, sure I'll listen to this camera I late too. Yeah, like I'm think, that, that I when you say, do I remember that that feeling? That, that you remember? <laughs> okay, so you don't remember getting tossed in the air, no, but you remember the guys that I've yeah, been in love with. Yeah. yeah. You remember very, that? Very, it's very <laughs> so I think um, what it was for me, so coming into my early 20s, my mid-20s, so into adulthood, uh, there have been several times where now, you know, once the glow up came, once I was starting to get some play, <laughs> once I was starting to get some attention coming my way, the, the, the 15-year-old me loved that shit because I never got that. So now when I when I get that now, that the, I don't know, not so much now, but like, like I said, especially in my 20s, there was no off button. Sure. So meaning, you know, whether it's, I guess if you want to use hypersexuality as, as a kind of, uh, have you ever heard that term? No, I mean, I think I, I understand what it means. Okay, but yeah. I, and I know what it is. I, 
Yes, I've, I've yes. heard of, but I, that's not something that I am. No, I got you. No, so basically, once I, you know, once the glow up came, I was literally a I kid in a candy street. store. Yeah, I was like, say less. Oh, y'all, <laughs> y'all, y'all paying attention to me now? Okay. I'm hitting everything moving. Like, oh the, say God. less. No, no discretion, no discernment, no, just because again, it was literally that 15 year old no. me. Now at 25 or at 26 is getting some attention. That was not me. That was, I was 25 years old, but that certainly was not who was driving the car. At that point, that was literally 15 year old me. Well, I mean, what do you think happens when you give a 15 year old keys to a Ferrari? You're going to wild the fuck out. You know what I mean? So once, once sex entered the chat, so to speak, for me, <laughs> for me, that was all bets off. I was like, say the fuck less. I'm going to eat and I'm going to, I'm going to eat good. You know what I'm saying? But of course that wasn't healthy. And that, and that, that ended up having consequences along the way um, and, and kind of hampering or hindering my relationship to women, especially at that formative time, like, you know, late teens, early twenties. I it really kind of changed my relationship to women because I wasn't I wasn't thinking of them as fully realized people. I was thinking of them just as outlets for my, you know, my sexuality, just objects in that way. And that it took a lot of time to kind of unravel that and unpack that and like, yo, like wait, why am I wilding out like this? Like what's going on? You know what I mean? Um, cause you know, sometimes people say they have those whole phases, maybe it's a couple months in my twenties. I had like whole years, like, 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 like a good year or two, just okay. out, you know, I mean, I know, I know what pro hole on, on this podcast, shout out to Panda, but there's a difference. I've always said there's a difference when you're doing, when you're enjoying your sexuality or you're sexually liberated, there's a big difference when you're doing that from a, from a more healthy place where you're doing that as something as something almost like an extension or something that's outside of yourself it's it's something that um i'm trying to think of a, a, the good way to put it um it's something that you enjoy if you will it's not something that you need it's something that okay. you enjoy it's a it's an expression of yourself if you will and there's a completely different story when you are doing that from a place of borderline need like you feel like you need that to validate yourself or to be whatever you've kind of drawn up uh, you know whatever vision you know because now yeah. now we have a little toxic masculinity entering the chat too you know whatever you've been told that you need to be what's that it's all up and through the chat yes it's, it's all up in the chat so no all of all of that is intertwined and so i think in once i read that book is when you know definitely a few light bulbs came off i was like oh okay all right so so that's that's 15 year old me like in those moments when i'm you know getting some a woman's attention and maybe you know that's not really me driving the car you know like like that's the 15 year old me who's you know feels seen now and and is now getting a chance to act on that so i think well i, I think as you're doing this work you get you you start to be better at identifying like all right is this 32 year old me or is this eight-year-old me or is this 16-year-old me? You, you know what I mean? I'm thinking about maybe situations that I've been in where I maybe was getting out of pocket or I was mm -hmm. walking. It's like, okay, well, was that was that like 16-year-old me? Or mm -hmm. was that I think that there are um thank you for sharing that. Yeah, for, no, no, no problem. 
like it definitely gives a lot of food for thought not and and the 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 thing that i like about inner child work is like you're not excusing any of the decisions that you know not at all not, not at it's all not, it's context exactly not to disassociate yourself from the mm-hmm. action that mm-hmm. you committed but it also it, it gives you um context maybe or just like kind of it just it just gives you a fuller understanding of like why am i behaving in this way exactly where where are these these urges coming from where are mm-hmm. these feelings? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, and I like I like the breaking it down into years because I can definitely see maybe even in little it's maybe not necessarily larger ideas of of parts of my life but even in small interactions the way in which I may talk to somebody Mm -hmm. or how I may address them is that is that Nana 32 Mm -hmm. you know and especially no, that's a good point, especially when it's instances or, or things that trigger you. Right. It's or those it's, points when it's real easy to revert to younger versions of yourself. Yeah. And you're like, yo, am I responding to this situation right in front of me as who I am now? Or did this person say something or touch on something that triggered 15-year-old me or 8-year-old me? Yeah, not even say or do, but or, or, is this relationship very similar? That to too. That's that a I thing had. too. Absolutely. Ask that I feel um, I I move in this way because it it's mirroring something that I've experienced before. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that is at least for me that has been very yeah. Ooh, shit. <laughs> we getting into it today. I guess. This is a good one, right? Well, uh, one thing I was gonna bring up as well, because we, and we've kind of been talking about it um, on the periphery, but. The first chapter of the book I mentioned, um, again, it's called Homecoming, Reclaiming, and Championing Your Inner Child by John Bradshaw. The very first chapter of the book is titled How Your Wounded Inner Child Contaminates Your Life. And of course, we've been talking about it. But one thing I love that he did, he gave a really great mnemonic um, for the word contaminate. And he kind of just added some, you know, put a little more meat on the bone, if you will, about different ways that that can manifest itself. So I'm going to go through... Um, each letter and and just talk about what it means. Okay. So um, the first one, so C stands for codependence. I think we all we all know what that means, and that's one way that that inner child can definitely manifest itself. Um, this particularly in romantic relationships. Um, the next one is offender behaviors, and I'm just gonna read the small bit from that section because that might you know my people might go, oh, what does that mean? Um, Basically, uh, let me get to that section here. There you go. So it says offenders take no responsibility of for their behavior. The major source and offender behavior is also the major source of human destruction. It's the result of childhood violence and suffering and unresolved grief of that abuse. The once powerless wounded child now becomes the offender adult. So that's mm-hmm. that's now we're talking about those generational cycles. So I I was abused by my father. You know uh-huh. I he he put put the belt to me. So now unless I've done something to heal that or stop that, what am I going to do when I have my kid? It's going to be the exact same thing. So that so that's what offender behavior is it stands for. So basically, whatever offense you received, you now are doing that in your adulthood. 
Um, the N stands for narcissistic disorders. Self-explanatory okay. on that one. The T stands for trust issues. Also yep. self-explanatory. Yep. The A is acting out or acting in behaviors. Um, you 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 got that that one. Um, the the M is magical beliefs. Now that one, uh, especially when I first was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Magical beliefs. So I'll, I'll I'll thumb through that section as well. So the this section starts off. Children are magical, and that's a fact. Step on a crack, break your mother's back. Magic is the belief that certain words, gestures, or behaviors can change reality. Dysfunctional parents often reinforce their children's magical thinking. For example, if you tell children that their behavior is directly responsible for someone else's feelings, you are teaching them magical thinking. Mm. Some common statements are, you're killing your mother. See what you've done? Your mother is upset. Are you satisfied? You've made your father angry. Another form of magical reinforcement is the statement, I know what you're thinking. Um, so all other contaminating magical beliefs, and now this, this is now how they come out or manifest in adulthood, is if I have money, I'll be okay. And that's mm -hmm. one I have. That's one I have. I, I struggle with myself. So he was talking to me on that one. The next one, if my lover leaves me, I'll die. I'll never make it. Okay, John, you could have just wrote this to me. Got it. The next one, a piece of paper, a degree, will make me smart. Right. If I try hard, the world will reward me. That is mine. Waiting will bring about wonderful results. Um, so now he brings, he kind of brings some gender to it now. Um, so just if you don't mind, I'm just going to flesh this one out for more. So it says little girls are taught fairy tales that are filled with magic. Cinderella is taught to wait in the kitchen for a guy with the right shoe. Snow White is given the message that if she waits long enough, her prince will come. On a literal level, that story tells women that their destiny depends on waiting for a necrophile, someone who likes to kiss dead people, <laughs> to stumble <laughs> through the woods at the right time. Not a pretty picture, right? No. And now boys, too, are taught magical expectations by fairy tales. Many stories contain the message that there is one right woman who they must search for and find. Mm. In his search, the man must travel far, traversing dark woods and conquering dangerous and frightening dragons. Finally, he will know without a doubt when he finds her. This is why many men are so anxious standing at the altar. So... Yeah. That was just a quick. So now I just wanted to, because I uh, at first I was like, wait, what's he mean, magical beliefs? No, but now no. once you hear, it, it's like, okay, I see what you, I see what you I see what you're saying there. Fucking fairy tale for mm -hmm, sure. Mm -hmm. So now we're on to the letter I in contaminate, and that stands for intimacy dysfunctions. So mm. self-explanatory on that one, you know, having issues surrounding intimacy, you know, not being comfortable opening up to people, whether you know you and a lot of that. To, I would say 95%, I won't say 99 because that's a lot, but I'll say 95% of the shit that you struggle with as an adult is directly tied to something in your childhood. Absolutely. That's something I found out with Edna. I was like, oh, oh, so this all just goes back to, <laughs> to like, <laughs> zero. yeah, I'm yeah. like, okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, ooh, okay, this, one, this one, this yeah. one, this one, uh, I felt away because this one is my, this is my work is okay. the N that's non-disciplined behaviors. Okay. 
Okay. So basically, and it ties into the A, which is addictive or compulsive behaviors. Just basically sometimes having lack of self-control or acting out, sometimes maybe doing things and then later on replaying like, yo, why the fuck did I do that? You know what I mean? Whenever you've kind of, whenever you've come to that cooler mind or whatever it may be. So I know for me, um, especially during college, there was definitely some years where I definitely was abusing alcohol and I had kind of like a bad relationship with alcohol, you know, getting super fucked up, whether it was like passing out, whether it was doing stupid shit and not just, don't get me wrong. We all went to college. We all partied. We all wild out. I'm talking about like, I would go to like that nth degree. You know what I mean? Not knowing where my limit is, not knowing how to practice and exercise self-control. And now maybe at the, you know, once the alcohol comes in play now, I'm doing other things that are getting me in trouble, you know, like I, I got a DUI when I was in college or maybe um, not always making the right calls when it comes to sex and maybe doing some shit that, you know, you shouldn't be, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So that that also that's the N and the A, the non-discipline behaviors and addictive or compulsive behaviors. The T is thought distortions. Any any guess on what that is there? No. Well, um, well, well, what, what's your what's your guess when you hear that thought distortions? I would okay. So this is really I'm just throwing anything at the wall right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that you maybe uh, conduct like you kind of create uh, thoughts in your like you assume maybe assuming things or mm-hmm. creating mm-hmm. narratives in your mind that are not that are completely outside of what the reality of the situation is yes yes that you're 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 not too far off and it's very it's very similar to the magical thinking in a way um so i'll 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 read this uh i'll read this section um the great developmental psychologist jean peugeot called children cognitive aliens they do not think like adults children are absolutionists this Hmm. quality of a child's thinking is manifested by an all-or-nothing polarity if you don't love me, you hate me. There is no in between. If my father abandons me, all men will abandon me. Okay. Children are non-logical. This is manifested in what has been described as emotional reasoning. I feel a certain way, therefore it must be this way. If I feel guilty, I must be a rotten person. Children need healthy modeling in order to learn to separate thought from emotion to think about feelings and to feel about thinking. Does that make sense? And we've talked about that on previous episodes. No, that was good. Separating that. your feelings and your emotions. You know right. what I mean? Because that's true. And 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 I know you know people like this. I, I know people, people like this. You you are people like this. Like where that. where it's one little thing happens, and no, now this now informs yeah. everything about me. I'm just yeah. a ter- I'm a failure. I- I, no one likes me. You know how sounds like this. This hit a this hit a nerve for you. How how what does this look or sound like for you? Every every day, like <laughs> I, I like that is. I am so. Uh, I and I wouldn't consider myself an abs. What did it say? Absolute? Absolutionist, like yeah. just pull. You know, if it's all like, or nothing, extreme. If, like I don't. There is to to me, especially when things happen more than one time. I think if, if I'm in a situation where somebody does something to me mm-hmm. where I can tell that there wasn't any care in that action, mm-hmm. I can maybe 
give you the first time. If it's something that continues to happen, then I'm going to like, then that's it. Like, okay, so I don't mean anything to you. You don't give a fuck about me. We're yep. not friends. Yep. And now I need to put find a box to put you because you yep. with this. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that that is me a thousand percent. Okay. <laughs> So he was uh, he was reading you fulfilled on that one. Apparently. Okay. Yeah, yeah Mr. Bradshaw coming for us today, but that's okay. This is important stuff he's putting out there. Um, and the the uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What was that? I was saying the language is important. So yes, understand. yes. No, absolutely. He's he's kind of he's giving us the language to kind of have this conversation. So appreciate that. And so the last letter um, in contaminate is emptiness. So now that manifests itself through apathy and depression. And again, I've I've had my bouts with depression um, once or twice in in my life. So that you know that's that's real there. Um, so I'll just read the first chapter from not first chapter, the first paragraph from that section. The wounded inner child also contaminates adult life with a low-grade chronic depression experienced as emptiness. And I've been there. The depression is a result of a child having to adopt to a false self, leaving the true self behind. This abandonment of the true self amounts to having an empty place inside. I've referred to this as the hole-in-one-soul phenomenon. When a person loses his or her authentic self, he has lost contact with his true feelings, needs, and desires. What he experiences instead are the feelings required by the false self. For example, being nice is a common false self component. A nice woman never expresses anger or frustration. That's, this kind of ties into that conforming we were talking about earlier. Um, to have a false self is to be in an act. One's true self is never present. A person in recovery described it this way. It's like I'm standing on the sidelines watching life go by. Feeling empty is a form of chronic depression as one is perpetually in mourning for one's true self. All adult children experience low-grade chronic depression to some degree. So Remember, I think it was a few episodes ago, I told you it felt like I was watching myself living. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've been there too. With that, that I've empty. been there too. So I'll just I'll give the one last rundown. And again, shout out to John Bradshaw. I'll just read them again. So co, um, so contaminate. C is for codependence. O is for offender behaviors. N is narcissistic disorders. T is trust issues. A is acting out behaviors. M is magical beliefs. I is intimacy dysfunctions. N is non-disciplined behaviors. A is addictive slash compulsive behaviors t is thought distortions and the last one we just went over is e is emptiness which shows up as apathy or often also as depression Mm. yeah see i'm also as i'm doing this by the way just so you know this is also like my demo for audiobooks (laughs) so i'm trying to get them that audiobook checks you know i'm I'm gonna show them this like i could read a sentence <laughs> you <went to> <laughs> and make it sound number. good, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm not getting paid, so you're not either. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of wild. Yeah, that's those and all of those things play out in different ways, you know what I mean? Whew. Got right. you, got you. I know it's good when when Nana gets quiet, you know you've hit, you know you've hit on something. You yeah, know you've I'm hit on something. To do a really good job of listening more. Mm-hmm. And like being an active listener. Yeah. 
I think a lot of times, and we, we may have talked about this, that a lot of times when people are in conversation mm-hmm. and they're, they can hear what you're saying, but they're in, in turn, they're preparing whatever retort they have. I'm sure we've all been guilty of that at some yeah. point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I know it's hard when you're on a podcast and people, all they can do is hear you. And so when I'm mm-hmm. processing things that you're sharing with me, maybe that I haven't heard for, uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't, haven't ever heard or like, you know, we're, we're discussing things. It's kind of also a way for me to like take a beat and really digest what you've shared. So, oh yeah, no, you're good. No, and I do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. we we Capricorns. We we think before we speak, or we at least we we try to. We try to. Yeah, sometimes too hard. Sometimes we overthink some shit. But no, I get that. I get that. I also kind of take my time to process and register. That was especially with new info. So I get that. That was was great. Mm -hmm. That was so great. So so we the bulk of our conversation up to this point has been kind of, you know, given the language, learning the terms, learning different ways that this manifests itself. Um, I see on the outline here, you also came across a really good article by Susanna Weiss on over on Bustle yes. that talks about five ways to take care of your inner child. And I thought that that was a good a good definitely something we want to touch on, too, because. All right, cool. We know we have this inner child. But what can we do about it? You know what I mean? deal with them how do yeah we yeah how do we, how do we heal them how do we mm-hmm. honor them mm-hmm. um, because in in the previous article a lot of it was about kind of people kind of move through this world not acknowledging that they have this inner child yeah so yeah when you are ignoring them that's how, kind of what you were saying when it comes to contaminate they show up in your life regardless mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in ways that you probably don't want them to yeah and uh, this bustle article was really, really good, um, and it, it gives you nice five uh, five ways mm-hmm. uh, actionable. You know what I mean? Yeah, five ways to take care of your inner child, and a lot of them I've been doing. Uh, okay. And I would kind of implore any of you who are are maybe new to this work, or this is something we were hitting on some things that you are realizing. Oh shit, this is happening to me right now. Maybe these are ways to, to kind of. Um, get in touch with your inner child, kind of start that that inner dialogue. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Maybe we could. Uh, we'll go back and forth and just share. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they've they've heard me a lot. You know, I've read whole chapters or half chapters. So you go, you go and bring us in, and then we'll we'll talk about each one. You're real, and you're in your. <laughs> oh, true. Sure, yeah, I appreciate okay. the assist. Um, of course, absolutely. So number one on the list is do something you enjoyed as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, Susanna says, Susanna, yeah, Susanna says, mm-hmm. uh, in, in, inner, in inner child work, we discuss a time when the person experienced joy as a child. Mm-hmm. This is from Dr. Angela Kemslow. You were good. You were good. Is a clinical psychologist and founder of Purple Heart Behavioral Health LLC. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Kinslow tells Bustle, maybe they went to a carnival as a child and had the time of their life, but now in, as an adult, they believe uh, that's for children and silly and not becoming. So to mm-hmm. honor the child, we would encourage a trip to the carnival and allow mm-hmm. that to be experienced again this mm-hmm. would um this would then give the adult permission to once again experience joy in their life yes um, and that's so important so so what's that look like for you how have you you said you've been doing some of these how what's one way that this has happened for you um i what i i think i had shared this 
um, a couple of episodes ago. Like I used mm-hmm. to draw a lot. Art was always my favorite um, subject. Favorite subject, okay. And like even coloring. So I've ordered a mm-hmm. bunch of coloring books mm-hmm. and crayons and markers, and I've been having a blast doing that. Um, Antoinette put in her stories. I don't know if, if you guys are familiar with like we just growing up, we just called it string, but it's like the color. Yes, candy. yes, 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 yes. Like little friendship bracelets y'all would make sometimes. Oh, yeah. like anything like that so yep. i was lit like she is I, whatever anything that has to do with my hands i kill it and i think that Got was it. my first time realizing like oh you're really good at this kind of stuff yes um, yeah and, and so i think I, I saw it on your story too that you got some too so and you made some and i ordered yeah. a bunch of stuff and i've been making a bunch so like if anybody needs a keychain how at your girl because uh I'm raising my hand here. <laughs> I wasn't soliciting them, but like there, I'm also now like acquiring quite a few. So I need to get okay. rid of Yeah, yeah. Make me a little something, something. Yeah, absolutely. So that was a really good way. And, and that was a thing that was, um, that I realized I was missing something. Like sewing is something that I thoroughly enjoy, but I didn't start doing that well until adulthood. Okay. Um, now that it's like a business, it, it kind of it changes it a little bit. Your relationship yeah. to it changes. I get that. I get that. But I need, like, I need to move my hands. Like, I need mm-hmm. to do something actively with my hands. And so when I got the string, it was perfect because I could be laying down, watching a movie, or listening to music. So mm-hmm. usually, I, I'm I'm like folding and and you know doing my little designs right before I go to bed. Okay. Um, so that's been a really great addition. Even listening to like old school music, like I've been. Yep. Listening that's music. always good my mom would play when she would wake us up to clean the house mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. you know things when i was like maybe in my early teens like the, the songs i listened to like i listened to the entire 3lw uh <laughs> and you laugh that's a ter- <laughs> no only because i haven't heard that in so long i forgot about them 3lw so okay okay so it, like, you got a little b2k in there too did I listen? I haven't listened to any B2K. Okay, okay. No, I haven't. I haven't. But I, okay. I, I remember that because that literally happened maybe Thursday or Friday of this past week. And uh-huh. I was sitting here like, yo, bitch, these were some fucking hits. Like, I, oh, They were. They were. They absolutely were. Tell me that I wasn't in love. <laughs> I was in love with. You know who that is for me? Is fucking Music Soul Child. I was Next listening time. to Music Soul Child at fucking 11 and 12. <laughs> Thinking I thinking I was here in love with whoever the fuck I had a crush on. What's the first, the name of that his first song? And I was like, is this Joe? Like I I didn't know who he was because uh-huh. it was a now I kept thinking he was like different singers. And I remember I had to have been like eleven or twelve. Oh, when say I yeah, it. yeah. But yeah. listen to the whole album from start to finish, the whole and thing. You <laughs> that I wasn't madly yeah, yes, you couldn't tell me at broken. all. So yeah, Yo. so I, I remember listening. I don't know. I think it was I was listening to like my main playlist, and one of their songs came on, and I was like, "Fuck, I gotta listen to this." <laughs> um, okay. So like just doing things like that have been really um, nostalgic really yeah, and really yeah, yeah. fun, and okay. kind of not a distraction. And I hate, but it's taken my mind off of maybe some of the things that I would typically worry about. Yeah, and that's a that's a plus. Yeah, or concern myself with, or like. You know, kind of going back to um, what was it? The thought dis- destruction, disturbance, thought distortion, thought yeah. distortion. Yep, I mm-hmm. live there. That okay. is- <laughs> I- That's your address. That is- That's Hello. your block. Hello. <laughs> you know, 
Xbox, an actual ad, like that is okay. what that is. And okay. I'm really trying to um to not think that every little thing someone does or doesn't do is a is a total uh, like an indictment of you as a person. Yes, yes. Yeah. Or, or to our relationship. Yep. Yeah. Um and understanding. And I think we you and I have talked about this kind of mm-hmm. earlier that like understanding that everything is not about me yes and that's a hard thing to do ego ego will get you fucked up man your ego will make you think that really everything truly needs to be about you but and not, and not, it doesn't. That, it, that it's about you but like it's about what you are not mm-hmm. and I, yeah on both sides mm-hmm. yeah like mm-hmm. i because i'm not this person or i don't look like this or my body is like this or mm-hmm. i'm too loud or i'm too whatever this yep. is why either stay away or they're attracted mm-hmm. must be more. something on me yes yeah, the thought distortion just like you said so, so i've yeah. been really trying to kind of uh change my thinking mm-hmm. under more understanding mm-hmm. that like we're all doing this life thing nobody has a blueprint nope to we not things baking until we make it so personally and so if I am if I'm left to my own devices, I will continue to dwell on things from my past, things that I'm currently dealing with, um, and this has been a, a really beautiful escape from that. Okay, okay, yeah. And for me, um, that's video games and cartoons. Yeah, are you I a love, big? I wouldn't peg you. As I, wa- I was growing up, but it's because I know myself. I know if I turn on that fucking PlayStation. A uh-huh. day or two will go by easily, <laughs> and I would have been in the same spot. So I, I know myself. That's why. That's why I don't even try and get into it too much. But, but uh, you mentioned nostalgia. I still have my Super Nintendo. So I plug that bad boy up. I'll play some Diddy Kong. I'll play some Mario Kart. Some Street Fighter. You know. So video games has always been a good like reminder of being a kid for me. Yeah. Um, and what was the other one? Why am I? This is thirty-two. Yes, cartoons. I'll be I'll be eighty-five years old in the nursing home, still watching me some Cartoon Network. But like, and are with you no shame? Adult, like adult swimmy cartoons. No, like, I I enjoy those too. But even the ones from my childhood, like I loved, you know, Roadrunner, all those characters, Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry. If if I'm if I happen to be thumbing through the channels and and I pass that, I'm watching that, I'm watching I'm, and I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't a huge cartoon fan growing oh, I up. Love I am more now. Probably okay. more because of my brother, honestly. I like, see. Like family guy. Yep. 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 Like, but I but I feel like those are like mature cartoons. Yeah. No, I enjoy those too. Yeah, but yeah, even no. the ones from my childhood too. I I, I love any time those come on. Like recess, which I now have a oh shit, recess. recess. All of like the the ABC channel seven Saturday. Okay. That I'll fuck up, I, which I should probably. I'm, you know what? Thank you. Now I know what I'm gonna be. Watching. There you go. You know what my jam was? Um, yeah, ABC was good, but I feel like I love Fox because Fox had Power Rangers. It had Batman the Animated Series, which is my all-time favorite cartoon. Is that show? It's such a good cartoon. Yeah, it's so good, so fucking you good. Rosenberg Bay was a was a huge Batman fan. Oh, I love Batman. That's my favorite. Um, my relationship to him has changed as I've come to understand who he actually is in adulthood. He's oh, he's just a fucking capitalist billionaire who's like playing, you know, the martial it's arts and, and yeah. you know, beating up the mentally ill. And, you know, it's it's a different dynamic now as an adult, but I still, you know, six-year-old me still love him. 
Six year old me thought he was Batman. So you could tell me, could tell me otherwise. Sure. <laughs> so what was the next one? Uh, so next up is practice compassionate self talk, which is always another, important. Always another important. Thing that I'm really actively trying to do better on. Okay. Um, the article says when you're speaking to yourself, ask yourself whether your words would be appropriate for a parent to say to Ooh, a child. That's good. That's such a good way to, to phrase it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This, this exercise will probably help you realize that you need to stop beating yourself up. Truly. Take a compassionate stance like you would with a child towards your own vulnerable and irrational inner battles. Dr. Helen Odesky. Mm -hmm. Odesky. Okay. Odesky. You got it. Licensed clinical psychologist and author of Stop Anxiety from Stopping You tells mm -hmm. Bustle, if you feel ashamed or hurt in any in some way, rather than dismissing it as irrational, you would first find some compassion for yourself and acknowledge that you do feel a certain way before deciding on how to move on or proceed. This means that the way you talk to yourself, particularly around sensitive topics, does not involve harshness, shaming, or belittling of yourself, your needs, or your emotional experience. That's good. That's good. No, I, I just I love that first sentence though, because that's that such a good way to 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 frame to frame it. Yeah. Ask yourself whether your words would be appropriate for yes. a parent to say to a child. Yes, and I'll probably say nine times out of ten, they're it's usually not, not right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That's I'm I'm definitely gonna hold on to that one. Yeah, I think you had mentioned earlier, kind of um, when talking about maybe some of the things that you've done in your past when you were out in these streets, being a little <laughs> like I mean, I think now with all of the sex positive, the sex positive, the sex positive movement, or like mm -hmm. just acknowledging that it is okay to feel pleasure and want intimacy and all that kind of stuff, like. I don't know that I would say that you were being reckless, but that's mm -hmm. you. Though, oh, no, I was. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, there's a line. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, there's definitely time I, about crossing I, that. While you were sharing that story, I realized that I was on the very opposite of that. And there, mm. that is something that I've beaten myself up on. Yes. Up no, and we've talked about this before. You know, you lost your virginity later on. And I feel like in sometimes in conversation, you say that you you kind of talk about it as if it was a bad thing. And I'm always like, nah, you 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 arrived on the scene right when you needed to. No, you're right. I, yeah. I mean, and I think I, now I can I def, I I don't know that I thought that it was a bad thing, but I do wonder if I'd um if 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 it was a missed opportunity for mm. me to engage Mm -hmm. uh, earlier, but I mm -hmm. agree with you that every I I did what I needed to do to feel safe, At and it time, was yeah. honoring myself, yep. and don't regret it anymore. And I don't mm -hmm. like I, for me, it's like oh well, now that I'm out here, I need to have a whole phase, and I need it, and it's like no. How about you just experience things? Yeah, and, yeah, and let them felt, come as they yeah. do. But I, mm -hmm. I definitely have not been the kindest to myself and so definitely trying to channel more positive self-talk no and and i think one uh thing that's always helped for me when it comes to the self-talk thing as well and this also is is straight from therapy i'm about to get uh edna's cash app because i'll be talking little <laughs> gems on y'all that she gave me and i had to pay so y'all could at least tip her or something you know what i'm saying i might i might have to look into that no i will the first <laughs> You know them them consultations be free, but I'll pay because I. Really, I really <laughs> yeah. 
by like by through you by proxy through you i've already you've absorbed some stuff right Mm -hmm. but no one one uh one thing that she brought to my attention because this negative self-talk is also something that i've i've struggled with along the way and I'm, i'm sure on some level we all do but i think one thing that she really helped me recognize was whenever you do have that negative self thought creep up in your mind it's important to identify whose voice it is because mm-hmm. it almost always is not your own voice so yeah. if it's someone saying you know uh, uh maybe i'll use you as an example maybe you're wearing something you're showing a little bit more skin and you have that voice in your, in your head saying oh that's not okay why are you showing so that's not your voice Maybe that's your pastor or your aunt or your grandmother or whoever. Most more often than not, when we have that negative self-talk, it's not your own voice. It's someone else's voice. It's someone else's opinion. It's someone else's whatever it may be. But I think that really goes a long way in being like, oh, nah, fuck that. That's not even my own thought. That's not even what I think of myself. Then why why am I letting this take up residence in my mind? You know what I mean? That's a, a thousand percent. This when I went out with internet, I made this dress that I don't think is very revealing, but mm. the slit is very high. And I was okay. like, oh, my mama was here. She would absolutely have so much to say. <laughs> wearing this dress, but she wasn't, and I didn't uh-huh. give her. There you go. There you go. There you go. It's always anytime that I've been sitting here laying in in thought, it's always and if it, like you said, if, if a negative thought does creep up, it usually does not sound like me. Like, yeah, it almost never is. Like it almost is. never is. So you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on to number three, mm-hmm. get back in touch with old friends. Okay, okay. Yeah, that one I liked a lot. Um, okay. And I did a, a little uh, during quarantine. We have. Oh yeah, you definitely got to share then if if you did a little bit of this. So give your inner child a play date by mm-hmm. hanging out with people you played with as a kid and letting your inner child come out together, preserving. Mm-hmm with friends from childhood can be beneficial for our inner child because these are the people who have known us for so long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember us when we were kids? Um, psychotherapist Dr. Vladimir Musiki. Yep. Mus- <laughs> Nigga, I'm out here killing you. You want to roll? No, you, you, plus <laughs> your first gut. You've been right each time. You're good. Oh, tails bustle. So usually mm-hmm. it is much easier to have a sense of silliness and playfulness with them than with people whom we met as adults, which is true. a thousand percent true. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, for sure. I think I shared when we did our like hanging out things to do with a lover or a friend. Yes, or, yes, uh, yes, yes. Like the twenty. Wait, are we talking? Are you talking about like the twenty dates yeah, things? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um, that early on in quarantine, my friends from high school. Mm-hmm. Sunday we would have like a virtual brunch over. Um, yes, I do remember you mentioning this. Mm-hmm. The, party. Um, the house party house party house party yeah, yeah. Uh, we, it was every sunday at like two o'clock we would get on there and my nigga we would be on there the whole day like i love it i love it, just love it. Up, yep. catching up, playing games and it, it felt so great and then even with like instagram mm-hmm. i've been able to connect with people from my childhood okay um, and even we haven't loved i know you know michelle kind of do michelle yes yeah. yes 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 ghanaian you're full ghanaian i went to elementary school together i've known her since i was in sixth grade oh y'all in the same you guys in the same class 
Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I've always, I think it's probably because she's a mother and she has a daughter that I think that she's older than she is. I Meanwhile, y'all are in the same class. Okay. I got you. I got you. And shout out to her. Michelle listens. Because I, I see Ghana pop up on our on our location yeah, list of listen. So shout out to you, Michelle. Love you, Michelle. Yes, but it's yes. with Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like she and I have been able to reconnect. And that's all that's nice because we were so close. Um probably so we graduated element, like junior high. Okay. Um, like I would spend every weekend at her house. Okay. My, her brother, her younger brother and my younger brother were in the same grade. We're real really tight. Good. Okay. Parents, you know, they tr- my mom trusted her family because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we spent so much time together and it's been nice seeing her now with her daughter and mm-hmm. her beautiful her- daughter. Yes. So, like I that's something that I've really appreciated even during um, this time in quarantine, like having a the time and the access to kind of reconnect with people that I knew when I was younger, um, mm-hmm. because I think that they got the most especially the groups of people that I'm talking about, the most sincere, like the most authentic Nana okay. um, that, that, that I was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those are the A1 day ones. They know you from the beginning, you know, stay in these relationships because I felt comfortable being myself around them. And so yes. it's been really, really nice to kind of reconnect and, and, uh, and see where our friendship can go from here. So I know for sure. For sure. No, and I got to do a little quick shot of my own because uh, I, I have mine too. Amani and Terrence, you know, we go back. Terrence yeah. is, is to ninth grade. So, you know, okay. still bad. Then me and Amani, I've known him since sixth grade, oh, wow. you know, and we're still friends now and we're still close. You know, we might not see each other as often as we'd like, but we still we still yeah. keep up. We still know what's going on. We got our little group chat. Our, yeah. <laughs> on the phone and on Twitter, you know, if we come across some crazy tweet and it's, and it's always, I, I know anytime I'm around them or like my friend, Sam, who I've also been friends with forever, just like, just like um, Dr. Vladimir alluded to in his quote, like it, it feels different. It hits different because these are people who've literally know, you've known each other since you were 11, 12. Like, I, you know what I mean? The awkward phase. Yeah. The, all of that. Y'all, y'all went through all that shit together. You know, they know you through and through. So I, it, it's definitely special. Um, if you, if, if any of y'all still have some of those friends, hold on to that. Cause that's, that's, those are lifetime friends. If, 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 even if you've lost contact, I think that, that during this time of Rona, like mm-hmm. no one would be like, what the fuck? How did you get my number? Like, that's yeah. not, I feel like the reconnecting, the reaching out. Yeah. To- Past, like that is definitely something that that um is being magnified during this time and so yeah. if you've lost contact there's no reason why now head them up yeah yeah how are you how are you doing how's you know how's like you know all of that yeah there's so much there's so many questions you can ask them now. for sure like, for sure mm-hmm. um the next one number four mm-hmm. which is one that i am actively trying to do okay is t- Yes. Um, traveling somewhere and getting to know different cultures, which are very different from our own, can evoke feelings of awe, astonishment, and or wonder. All of which are very much associated with the innocence, open-hearted perspectives of the inner child. Uh, this is Mr. Musiki. Yep. 
traveling by yourself with nobody else's agenda to adhere to is a particularly powerful way to explore a new place with a childlike spontaneity and curiosity. Yeah. Which I can attest to being that I just recently traveled by myself for the very first time. And that yep. was why I wanted to go by myself was because I didn't have I didn't want to be on anybody else's schedule. I didn't want to mm-hmm. do that any somebody wanted to do that I didn't really want to do um and even with me planning on trying to take some time during Rona like I was probably mm-hmm. gonna go with um one or two friends just because mm-hmm. not that I'm scared to travel internationally but you know I don't well, also we can't even to- go anywhere Trump uh, got his wall we can't leave the country there's like places. five countries we can go to five those are five it's like options. it's like macedonia fucking tasmania it's like just it's random ass places like which are beautiful i'm sure no no offense to the macedonians out there but opportunities to explore um yeah. but yeah i also wanted to keep what whoever i was gonna go with was gonna be tight because i yep. really rather go by myself but you know with rona i'm not trying to be stuck in another country by myself nah, so, nah you don't want that but I definitely would encourage if you have the means, if you have the opportunity to travel, even if it like Obi was saying, even if it's a little local trip yeah. somewhere. State, Those are maybe. good too. I'd hit up upstate or something. And on their Rona cases, um, yes. I would I would encourage yes. people to take some time away. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of where you are. I know Obi was mentioning that in New York, you definitely start feeling a little stifled and cabin fever. Yeah, I just start feeling cagey. And I know that sounds crazy to folks who like either are not from New York or have never been there or lived there. I know that probably sounds wild to y'all, but it's fine. We live all on top of each other. Yeah. We have a lot of open space. Mm -hmm. Like it's just not, it is very easy to kind of feel stuck. Yeah. yeah, and everywhere you look, you're just seeing tall buildings. Like sometimes I just want to see a fucking tree or a waterfall or hear a bird chirp or something. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely one that I would implore all of you to do. And mm-hmm. then closing us out is mm-hmm. write your inner child a letter. Okay. If you have un if you have unmet emotional needs from childhood. One way to meet them now is to write your inner child a letter, telling them everything they need to hear. This activity can help um, you reconnect with your inner child and remember the emotional quality of being a child. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can write about how adult life has been stressful for you, how easy to forgive your inner child and what you are planning to do in order to spend some time with your inner child. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, it may seem weird, but after a few sentences, people usually forget about the social restraints which hold them back and get inspired to write a long letter. Yes. And most of all, remember to go easy on yourself. You mm-hmm. may not be able to redo your childhood, but you can be the parent you need now. Yes. Yes. And now I know, I know originally you had a homework assignment for us to do, which was to actually write this letter. And now it just, I I don't know why I didn't think of this before. I actually did this and I shared it on my Instagram, like at the end of, no, actually, damn, that was the beginning of this year um, where I had come across, well, when we were in, this was seventh grade, Mr. Reiner, I still remember our sixth grade teacher. Mm-hmm. Where we had to, we did a time capsule. So yeah. basically, 
we wrote a letter in seventh grade to ourselves as seniors. Okay. So not that much of a time, probably like six or seven years, but at that age, it is a big, you know, going from 11 to 17 or 18, that's a huge jump. You know what I mean? So you you probably remember this one, right? I do. I do. So, so I, I will, I will, cause I think originally when, when you would ask me to write one, to be very honest, I didn't want to do it. I was like, no, because this should, because after doing some of this work with Edna, like you really, once you open some of those doors that have been closed for a while, you don't know what's going to come out. You don't know what emotions you're going to feel. It's heavy shit. Like, I I mean, I know we've been talking about it now for like a good hour or two. Um, This isn't light work for everyone who's listening. Like, this is, this is heavy shit, like to, to kind of work through some of these unprocessed or unresolved emotions and fears and whatnot. It's heavy shit. But I remember now as you were talking, it's like, wait, I have a letter that was a little more on the lighter side of things. Right. Um, I'll go ahead and read it. I don't know if you wanted to, if you had one that you had or something. Was that? Go ahead. Yeah. Free. Okay. So basically I wrote this letter as a response to um, um, my seventh grade self when I was 11 years old. Actually, it's a, I can read it quick. So I'll read. This is 11-year-old Obed speaking here. All right? So <laughs> I addressed to myself, Dear Mr. Obed Oboge, Hi, this is the seventh grade 11-year-old Obed Oboge. You'll probably forget me as you grow up and become an adult. Remember how fun life was back then? And you used to have tons of fun with your buddies. I hope you don't forget all the good friends you used to have, like Mitchell, Daniel, Christine, and Ryan. How does it feel to be 17 years old? Have you started driving yet? It's probably fun getting to drive your own special little car. As if I was going to get a fucking car. (laughs) But anyway, that's a side note. I hope you stayed focused on your goal to fly as a pilot someday. Hmm. Don't let anyone discourage you as you go through life. There's so many people out there who will make fun of you but still don't give up or give in. I hope you haven't done any of those stupid things they call drugs. No comment. <laughs> drugs <laughs> Drugs will destroy your entire future in this world. That dare indoctrination was oh, real. They got you. They got you. <laughs> Do you have a girlfriend? I wonder who it is. Still, I can't even make the wildest guess. Don't forget those who helped you reach where you are, mm-hmm. like your mother and your father. And then I listed all my teachers I had. I don't need to go through those. So the next part is, have you gotten any letters from college? I hope you get one from an Ivy League school like Oxford or Stanford. What do you want to major in? It would be good if it has something to do with aeronautics, so you'll be prepared for an an aeronautics school. Are you or any of your friends going to the same college? That would be really cool. How did you do on the SATs? I hope you scored highly. Actually, I expect you to have done well. Mind you, this is 11-year-old me (laughs) talking. Well, I know you missed the old you, and it's sad that neither of us will ever be kids again. The first time I read this, when I came across it earlier this year, that line made me cry, actually. Mm. Now we both have to go through the torture of excessive homework and tons of responsibilities. I wish we could be kids forever and never grow up. Things are more interesting when you're a kid because you see the world in a different perspective than adults. Mm. Everything is interesting to your young eyes. You want to know what this is and what that does. Curiosity is the right word for it. 
when you begin to mature, the world around you totally changes and you begin to morph into an adult. I wish you the best of luck for your future as an adult. I hope you will be able to succeed in that new world of adulthood. It has been nice to get a chance to talk to you. Please never forget about me and everyone else who was in your childhood world. Bye, and I love you dearly, Obed. That is um, You were so mature. I, mean, <laughs> I think the first time you, you sent me this, I was like, what? You didn't write this at 11. <laughs> no, yeah, this was, this was 11-year-old me um, <sighs> to put into our time capsule. And so I'll just go ahead and read my response to myself. So now this was January 12th of this year. Um, I was basically just to kind of give you guys some context. I was back home. This was the weekend after my birthday um, or the weekend of my birthday, I should say. And I had gone out to dinner with my mom and my dad. We had a really good dinner. Um, And when we came back home, I was kind of just thumbing through some of my old shit, like going through my room. And I stumbled on the time capsule. And when I opened it, I saw this letter. I was like, wow, this is pretty crazy. And I, I also was a little surprised by like not my not necessarily my maturity but just like the way i perceived myself and the the way that i was able to to be uh, like i was aware of the fact that i wouldn't always be that person and i'm just surprised that i had that level of awareness at 11 yeah um but anyhow so now this is the letter that i wrote back to myself um once i came across this letter Um, And this is on my Instagram story. So I'll probably share this as one of our posts this week. Um, So I I said, dear 11-year-old Obed, you wrote this to 17-year-old Obed, but yesterday was our birthday, our 32nd birthday. And I came across it today for the first time in a really long time. Honestly, this adult thing is really hard sometimes, but I'm doing the best I can to make something of myself and of this life. It's 2020 now, so as crazy as it seems, high school was 15 years ago. We ended up getting a 1310 on the SATs, but in the grand scheme of things, test scores and grades didn't really end up meaning much. I wish I could have told you that sooner. We never ended up becoming an airline pilot, but you did get your pilot license at 17 when most of your friends were just learning how to drive. I think you'd be really proud to hear that. Even though we didn't make it a even though we didn't make a career out of it, we still got a chance to feel the freedom of being alone behind the controls of a plane with nothing but the open sky ahead of us. And that's a memory we'll always have. Hopefully we get to go back up soon. Good call on the quote unquote torture of excessive homework and tons of responsibilities. Even now at 32, I'm not really sold on this whole adulthood thing. <laughs> I respect the foresight young man. I respect the foresight young man. My favorite thing about us is that we never lost that curiosity. I'm just as curious and inquisitive as you were, and it's really helped shape our view of the world and our place in it. I think we'll always have that. I think of you often, and it's been really nice getting a chance to talk to you. I love you, and I promise I'll never forget you. Talk soon. And then P.S. about the drugs. <laughs> yeah, about that. Oh my god, um, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Even now I'm getting a little emotional as I'm reading it. But no, I really I'm really happy that um 
we did that in seventh grade. And I think if if and when I have some kids someday, I'm definitely going to make them do stuff like this. Like just once a year, maybe on your birthday, every year on your birthday, write yourself a one page letter and then I'll hold on to it and I'll give it to you at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah I, and I really, it really was healing for me or the, the, maybe healing is not the word. It, it felt good. It definitely felt good writing a letter back to myself and kind of just honoring 11-year-old me who had all these questions uh, for adult me and, and was so curious about where life had taken me. So it really was fulfilling. That's the word I was looking for. It really was fulfilling being able to answer back and and have a conversation with him and have a dialogue with him. I really, yeah, I really enjoyed that. See, look at so you. there you go. So I did do my homework assignment. You, you, you were ahead I of the game. I just did it back in January. Yeah, before we knew we even were. Gonna... <laughs> um, but I agree. I think this has been th- this task has been one that I have done and put down and started and cried. And okay, so even had... well before the podcast or well before we've had this conversation, it's something you've thought of. Yeah, I mean because okay. like. You, I've done this exercise before. I don't okay. think I've been as young as 11, but I definitely mm. remember in college having to do, um, uh, a, like write a letter to, I, I was an orientation leader. And this mm-hmm. was an activity that we would do with. Um, I forgot you were the feds in college. You were an RA and all of that. Listen. <laughs> you were the man in college. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I remember us doing this exercise, like write a letter to yourself. Um, like for the end of the summer season or something like that. Okay. But I, okay. But I, I agree with you. This is definitely something that I would want to do. Maybe not every year your birthday, but like maybe every ten. Every years. five years or something. Yeah, just on some kind of interval. Yeah, I think that that because it, it's it's really interesting to hear. It was it's been really interesting to hear little like baby Obed's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, how it hasn't changed. Really. <laughs> not a whole lot's changed there. That's, that's, <laughs> that's so that's a beautiful memory for you to have yeah no and i'm really that's why i'm saying i'm really happy and i'll I'll always hold on to that um in fact i probably need to like make sure i'm protecting that and not like getting it getting lost in a move or something like that yeah or something i don't know Mm -hmm. then you'll definitely hold on to it so when you were like oh i didn't do this i was like oh bet so then i don't have to read (laughs) (laughs) read this little makeshift letter that i put together but um after reading the the bustle article Mm -hmm. um I was like, even if we didn't read it to on the podcast and like, we just know that we've done it. Like, yes. It just incredible. gone through the exercise. Yeah. It's incredibly, incredibly personal. It's been really painful at times. Um, mm. I've written and erased and gone back and okay. erased. like, it's, it's just been a really tough um, exercise. Okay. But I think maybe earlier when I knew we were going to be recording, mm-hmm. um, Sunday, I think went like Wednesday, Thursday, I started mm-hmm. at the notes that I took and none of it, it didn't feel right. Um, okay. I started writing again. And so mm-hmm. this may be a little unfinished, but this is what I have right now. No, no that's okay. Oh, um, I didn't even know you were going to share. I'm excited that you're about to share some of it. Okay, cool. Um, so it just starts off. I'm sorry. This is a, the first of many. I'm sorry. I've neglected you for so long, hoping that a job, a relationship, or any of my friendships could fill this void. 
I'm sorry it took so long for me to do the necessary work to make you whole, but I'm here now. And my only priority is to make sure that you and I are, forgive, are forever aligned. I thought about all the regrets, negative thoughts and feelings, disappointments I could recount here, but you know, you've known, you've known them all because you've been through them all with me. Instead of reminiscing on the hurts of our past, I look forward to, to our beautiful future. Not as a way of running away or disassociating, but understanding that these are the spaces to grow from. And I'm so excited to take this walk with you. So wow. That's, that's where we I'm are. I'm tearing up over here. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we are. Like, I... Wow. I, uh... Yeah. Oh, my God. Ovi! <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was joking. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Oh, shit, now I'm going to start crying. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, like, the, I remember when, and there's, like, another one underneath it, but I'm, I'm not going to read that. No, it's okay. Um, where is you, like, you, I, I, I think understanding um, the positive self-talk. And, like, I think in a, in previous iterations of that, letter it's been all of the ways that i felt like i fucked up mm. and i think um um it just felt unfair mm. to like again burden this little person inside of me mm-hmm. with to carry all of that and it isn't what i want our relationship moving forward to be about so it didn't feel necessary mm. to include it um, and like, I think I've shared this with you, but I know that I've told a couple of people like that are important to me. Like I am so optimistic and excited about my life now. And it hasn't always been that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with getting a new job mm-hmm. and finally being in a space where I feel like I can take care of myself yep, yep. and support my family, even after that, it wasn't. It didn't, it didn't feel good. And then, like you're saying, this glow up is happening and I'm getting attention from all of these men and mm-hmm. still it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm working on myself, not necessarily trying to lose weight, but just being health, a healthier person, mm-hmm. a more active person. And still it didn't, it didn't feel like anything was healing inside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I realized that all of that exterior stuff, all of the things that we tell ourselves will make us happy. Mm -hmm. The bag, the trip, Mm -hmm. the The whatever, all of those things. If you are not right within, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's all going to be for naught. It's all for naught. Yeah. And like, you're just clouding your, 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 clouding your your judgment you're clouding yourself in thinking that these are the things that are going to resolve any pain that you have mm-hmm. um, inside of you and like you said it's been hard it's been really painful and it's also been like difficult to do sharing a space with somebody you don't want to burden mm-hmm. with this work mm-hmm. um, and not to say that my mom doesn't have a role to play in this but I feel like I don't want to depend on her to get right because, you know, I I feel like that will be. Um, well, it's something that you're going to have to do for yourself. 
Yeah, Anyhow, yeah, with or without her. Um, but then it's also been hard because I can't be so free because I know if I say something to her, it may trigger something in her or like mm-hmm. she may feel bad. And that's not what I'm here to do. I just need to process all of the feelings that I've had. And I know that they've been there, mm-hmm. but it's just been easier to suppress them, to pretend that I'm okay, to mm-hmm. ignore all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm, 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 I'm so, so excited. I'm so optimistic. I am truly looking forward to every day that I'm given. Um, and, and I couldn't have said that six months ago, a year ago. Mm-hmm. Man, know? that's growth. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm really appreciative of, of you delving into all of this with me and then also bringing all of your, all of the work that you've done because I think that is how we kind of learn that it is okay to feel these ways. Like mm-hmm. when I first this to you, you weren't like, what the fuck is in a child? You're like, oh, okay, bet. Like, let's, yeah, <laughs> yeah let's talk about it. You know? mm-hmm. Even what you were saying earlier about like, do I know other people who are having these conversations? I know that it is very, it's very personal. It's very vulnerable to share these things. But I think we're all dealing with this. Like mm-hmm. we're all in some way, shape, or fashion, having to handle our relationships with our inner self and our child. And yeah. a lot of times you, because it's manifesting itself maybe in unhealthy ways, or you are combating them, you're fighting this work, you're yeah, fighting, fighting yourself, basically. Yeah. yeah. yeah that you don't you don't get a chance to see what life could be like on the other side of this work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where like what I'm so excited about is like, Mm -hmm. I've known for 32 years, I've seen what my life has been not addressing these things. Mm -hmm. And not to say that I've had the worst life and I'm so damaged, but I am- No, but we all have things we're working through or dealing with, yeah. And I am am so, even with the little work that I've done now, I see the difference in myself. And so if I continue to do this and continue to dig deeper, what could what could my life be after that? And I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think this work ever ends. You're always going to be doing it. Yeah, but it's like, a process, lifelong just, process. But I'm just, I'm really, really excited. I'm really, really excited. No, I am too. I'm excited for you as well. Thank yeah. Thank you. Now, I was just gonna say, I just, I, I felt it was worth saying as well that my inner child sees the inner child in you, <laughs> and I, I think, think would- I think they would have been great friends. Yeah. You would yeah. probably one of my favorite people for sure. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, thank Woo. you so much for. Well, I'll start with a thank you to you um, for kind of like introducing this as a potential topic for us to delve into. I, I, it really was um, cathartic in a lot of different ways, and and I think I've as always I'm, I always enjoy learning things about you that maybe I didn't know before, and I certainly did on this episode. Um, yeah, it was, it was really was nice navigating through this with you and, and just a thank you to the listeners as well. Um, I mean, all of our, all of our episodes are, are personal and vulnerable in their own way, but I think leading up to this one, I would be lying if I said I did, I didn't have a little apprehension on my end, just, just about knowing, like, just about the knowing, like it might go some, some places, you know what I mean? Um, and, and I love that we were both able to kind of share some of our, some of our letters that we've written to our younger selves. So I think, I think really that's probably what I would leave, um, 
with our listeners is just to find ways that speak to you. Because I imagine it's going to be different for everyone. So maybe for you, it's not a letter. Maybe it's some other medium or some other format. Maybe it's a a, 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 a piece of art that you create. Maybe it's a song that you write. Whatever it may be, I just would implore everyone to just find ways to honor their inner child and to make peace with their inner child and to, you know, maybe for you, it was an apology that your inner child needed to hear. So whatever that is for you, and it's going to look different for everyone, I just would definitely encourage everyone to, yeah, find find a way to do that for yourself because it really... It really is a cathartic process, and and I feel like it's a very rewarding process as well. Absolutely, yeah. No, mm-hmm. I couldn't. I could have said that um, better myself. And I think the the like you like Obi said, whether it's a letter or a song or a painting, I think that activity above even the other four, either mm-hmm. anyone, think any yeah. one of them yeah. tap into to initiate this relationship with your inner child, I would definitely encourage you all to do. But there's something about the letter. Yeah, the letter hits different. (laughs) The letter hits different. It's a different way of addressing yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe saying and thinking about things that like Obi was saying, you don't, when you start doing this work, you don't know where it's going to take you. You don't know Mm. what, what doors you're gonna open what you're gonna lift under and find and um and it's scary and it's painful mm-hmm. but it, i i've realized that there is a lot of beauty that comes from it as well um and so i definitely think even if it's just you know listening to an od that you haven't listened to in a long time mm-hmm tapping into a friend that you haven't, you know, you've kind of lost contact with. Mm-hmm. Um, any, any one of the things that we've shared, just, I would just say to start, to yeah. initiate contact <laughs> with your inner child, mm-hmm. make that introduction. Um, and you're not alone. We're all dealing with these things. So absolutely. If, like if, if you've been contaminating yourself, your inner child has been contaminating yes. your life, you yes. it out. You want, yep. you want, you want to you want to rectify that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, I definitely think that this is work that is worth doing, if mm-hmm. for no one else but yourself. And yeah, I think truly. all need to be a little bit more selfish in twenty twenty. Um, and so this is a perfect way to kind of start that. Mm-hmm. Well, it it took forty episodes, but you got some tears <laughs> out of me. Here, here you are. I am. I mean, I shouldn't be, but like I've never cried ever. And it happened, and of course, it's the first, the first uh, recording session where you can actually see me too. And any we, other week, I could have just snuck those away. I could have just, you know, put my mic on mute. But you, you saw it. You saw it. I'll be quiet. And then there was a wipe of the eye, and I was like, "Oh shit! There's a tear." Houston, we have contact. <laughs> but no, this this was great. But like, you know, I think he does a good job of hiding it. So this is this has been really exciting for me. If <laughs> you'll always remember this one, right? Episode Absolutely. 40. For so many reasons, but definitely what if that is <laughs> But no, we we appreciate you guys rocking for rocking with us for 40 Ooh. episodes. I mean, I mean 50 is a big muscle, but shit, even 40. That's that's huge. And and yeah, it really has been a journey that we've enjoyed um taking with y'all. And 
I had put this on our Instagram story, um, or not our, on my personal, and Nana did as well on hers, that we are thinking of of some ways to kind of get you guys more involved. Because we have definitely, yeah, we've definitely built a, a little bit of a community. And so we're just trying to think of some ways to to honor that and tap into that. So you will be hearing some stuff from us shortly about like ways that. that we'd like to get you guys more involved. So, <laughs> yeah, that was my... That's my my church announcements real quick. Ah, oh, well, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Workday with Nana and Obi. I think we've been very, very emotional this season, but it's, we have. It's an emotional time. You know what I mean? It is. Yeah. It is. I, I Obi has thanked you, and I, I I can I couldn't have said it like I said better myself. We really appreciate y'all rocking with us and, and tuning in each and every week. Um, it does. It makes it it makes this all feel. Like 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 Obi said, like a community. Like we, yes. this is a fellow work day family. So we thank you for guys sure. so much for um, you guys can find us on Instagram at WorkBayPod. We're also on Twitter at WorkBayPod. And if you have any, if you've been doing this work, if you have any reading materials, articles, books, things that you want to recommend, different ways that you've been able to reconnect with your mm-hmm, inner mm-hmm. child, send us an email at WorkBayPod at gmail.com. Thank you all so much. Stay safe. Wash your hands with your yes. mask and love on each other. We'll see yes, you next please. Week. All right. Bye. Take care, guys. Bye.